This podcast is brought to you by Acme Markets. Fresh foods, local flavors. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. A couple of random uh, interesting text messages uh, just came up real quick. I want to uh, pass along. There was one that said, wait a second here. Um, oh, yeah, this one says, uh, no sad bro is Clips Ahoy today. So we did a contest quite a while back called Clips Ahoy where we were playing um, clips that you hear all the time on the show like Nick, you know, right, right. they did it and stuff like that. And then we tried to find out if you knew the origin of those clips or what they were in reference to. The weird thing is, and this is just a random text game, we were thinking about doing it yesterday. We were going to do it yesterday. And we didn't have enough time. Right. Uh, so we ended up doing Yes or No instead, Kathy's favorite game. <laughs> so that must be, their spidey senses are tangling. So we we are getting prepped for that that contest. So early, we can do it early next week because yeah. I have a list of new ones that I'm going to write. Because uh, it's a multiple choice selection and I'm going to write the multiple choices. And then here's another interesting one. It says, listening from Zurich, Switzerland. Hey. Every day. It says, funny, Nick mentioned the bike designer. I should link up with fellow Preston and Steve listener. I don't remember. What was the bike designer? So this guy, Adam, designed my son's bike. I bought uh, Ben a new bike. He, I put a clip up on Instagram. The guy saw it and um, said, hey, I'm a Preston and Steve listener. I grew up in the area and now I live in Switzerland. His name is Adam. I think Hammerman is his last name. By the way, a hi to Adam's dad because Adam's dad also listens to the show. Adam sent me a nice note. But then we got another listener in Zurich, uh, Switzerland today, which is right. pretty amazing. Hey, you know what? Uh, there's something I would like to bring up and, and we, you know, like uh, Clips Ahoy, we were thinking about right, 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 that yeah. often doing that. I have another segment that we only do on rare occasions, and I keep it sitting over here by my, you know, junk, my yeah. stuff, not my testicles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but tucked gently under my ball sack. All this stuff over here, and uh, it is Stacko Topics. Stacko Topics oh, is a lot that. of fun. In a while. It is a uh, it is a crapshoot. You can end up anywhere. Yeah. And it can be uh, very exciting. And you know what? I need to start writing more stuff down because the Stacko Topics is really not that it's, thick. It's actually pitiful. It's just when, uh, when I have an idea of something maybe we should talk about sometime that's not necessarily time sensitive, I'll scratch down a little note. And then I'll throw it in this pile. And then what? I, but what we like to do is grab one randomly. May I suggest something? Yes. Our best streak with Stacko topics has been at the hands of the female contingent of the show. It has. So I think they need to make the selection. All right. And Marissa is filming us, so she's got her phone out. All right. So she can't do it. Kathy, wow. no, you, you want to reach do it, your hand over? Okay, Marissa, you want to choose one? You can use both hands. I'll use those. <laughs> this is what they call uh, POV. With both hands, uh, oh. Marissa is Take, doing. Get a shot of your fat feet, Marissa. <laughs> uh, oh, th- this is a Marissa topic. Oh, hey. yeah. I don't think this is going to work. Oh, be oh. Well, so it, much for my theory. It? It's something that she does. Marissa does weird things. Okay, so <laughs> she does. I don't think there's going to be a lot of people that will join in on this. And Marissa, she does weird, delightfully weird things that I, only a small group of people do. I and kinda, they usually live in her building, and they go to her Pringle can parties. I kind of wrote it down just to be nice to her, just to and go. And you didn't oh, actually wow. want it to be a right, well, say just it. Just tell us what say it is. It. All right, so here's what it says. And then we'll have Kathy pull It on. says, have you ever Amazoned something to send someone a message? I like that topic. Okay, I all do. right. Well, let's see what we get out of it. Uh, listen, I've never have, done this. I will have Marissa explain. Yes, yeah. please. Uh, what this all means. So let her go to a microphone. She's filming. You can you can stop. Do you hear her large feet thumping on the? <laughs> all 
right, so. Technically, I, I'm giving you an out before I even describe it. We did right. kind of talk about this. Oh, did we? Okay. Kind of. It'll I didn't kind. actually do it. I know what it is because of your neighbor. My neighbor's dog. Uh-huh. My neighbor's dog barks. Oh. oh. We did talk about it. And you were thinking we? about, yeah, we were talking about whether she should actually send, like, poison. something over to, yeah. No, 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 not poison, yeah, yeah. Kathy. Um, I was going to send them a little baby gate so that the dog couldn't go up to the door. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Like, because they have a very long hallway. So, Marissa, message Marissa wanted to see if, if you've ever sent something from Amazon or any kind of mail-in service uh, or, you know, online purchasing to someone to, and, and do it uh, anonymously, yes. right? right. And just to kind of send them a message. Look, you need to, you know, like here is, uh, I, I don't know what a good example like, would be. My girlfriends have done it. Um, my girlfriend kind of got burned by a guy, so she just sent him a clown nose. Oh, okay. Calling him a clown. Okay. okay. And did she, did he know it was from her? Yes. Yeah, apparently. okay. Well, he that actually murdered yeah. her parents. Oh, uh, well, I mean, I, <laughs> he's the kind of guy that has probably done it to a lot of girls, so okay. I'm sure he had a short list. Is he legitimately a clown? Is that his one excuse? <laughs> Not like bozo, but okay, like all right. clown, like jerk, yeah. Um, okay. What do you think? What do you think? I gave you now. I, we can crumble it up right in front of me. What are we getting text board wise? Are we getting people thumbs up to this topic or or uh, nothing? Yet? Well, can we expand this to beyond Amazoning something? Yeah, and that's what. I, okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm like you know, you could leave somebody on somebody's desk at work. Now, for instance, I remember talking to somebody who had horrendous breath. Right. And I um. I couldn't just say, hey, here's a piece of gum. Right. So what I did was I took the gum out of my pocket, I started chewing it, and then I offered I didn't want to chew any gum, but right. I just needed to offer this gum to this person because their breath was so Here, terrible. This might help your horrendous yeah. breath. Now, if you work with somebody who has terrible breath, right. you can maybe leave some Listerine on their desk or, you know. Yeah. Subtle way of saying, yo, dude. Did you work with this person who had bad breath? No. Okay. No. Because I, I would see that as just a temporary fix if you're around someone all if the time. If you want you know something I mean? more permanent, go to HR and accuse them of having <laughs> child pornography on the computer. <laughs> right, right. right. Oh my God. <laughs> but that would that yeah, would handle that, that bad breath issue. It would. Yeah. It would. All right, we're getting we're getting some text. It says I shipped someone an anvil after they wouldn't help me. Move despite me helping them move a few months earlier. Uh-oh. That that's from intern Ben. Okay. As you can imagine. imagine. What did he ship? Ben sent an anvil. That's actually very clever. Okay. Uh, This says, I once sent my my buddy a dog feeding schedule chart so that he would feed the dog. Sometimes he would forget for a couple of days. Okay. I love that scene in Uncle Buck when he's like... How often uh, are you supposed to feed? Yeah, we well, had the dog for a couple of days. Yeah, yeah. It's just like like twice. How many times have you been feeding him? I don't know, like eight or nine times. <laughs> <laughs> the contrary scene is in It's Always Sunny, where they have a dog, and right? You remember that? Uh-huh. And they completely forget to feed it. <laughs> All right, let me go to, I will go to Jill. Hi, Jill. Good morning. Hi, Jill. You're on the air. Jill. All right, we're having an issue with the audio. But Hi, can you hear me? Yeah. yeah. Apparently, yes. Hi, Jill. Hi, how are you? Good, what's up? So, my sister um, has a very particular um, opinion about my wardrobe. So, she sent me 30 pairs of Amazon flared leg leggings instead of my tight leggings, like that go straight down to the ankle, because she just thought they didn't make my butt look very good. Oh, my God. So, she sent you 30 pairs of pants? 30 pairs. To, she said, this way, you, there's no excuse. Now, you've got 30 oh, pairs. That's great. Wow. Wow. All right, so how do you how do you take that, Jill? I mean, uh, 
Well, she and I have always kind of had, like, a running joke about, like, my wardrobe. She goes to New York City. She works in New York. She's very fancy. And I'm a nanny, so I have to be able to fit Indian style in my clothes. Yeah. So then I just took I took every pair of pants that I was supposed to, quote, unquote, replace. Um, and I brought them to her apartment in New York City, and I put them all over her bed. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then I just left and went to dinner with friends. Yeah, your job requires a different kind of uh, clothing. <laughs> but yeah, she's not she liking the... Right. Her favorite show growing up was um, What Not to Wear, so she's always kind of been that person. All right. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like, well, you know, mustard stain here, hole there. I, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, you you, you encounter funny. different things. You're not on the runways in New York. No, guys. not yeah. at all. And uh, high heels and me are not a friend. So you know, she gets me flip flops for Christmas, like six pairs every year. It's just like a running thing that we do. Well, but, at least you yeah. guys had sort of a, 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 an ongoing conversation about this. I wonder if you were out of the blue to receive something. Yeah, I, you know, as a message from you know. No, this one's more just sort of funny, but it definitely right. sends okay. a message. <laughs> Thank you, Jill. Thanks, Jill. Love it. Appreciate it. Uh, here's a text that says, uh, my in-law's pool is gross sometimes. I sent cleaning supplies, chlorine, pool floats, et cetera, and I sent stuff uh, for their house, too. So I don't know if they did that anonymously mm-hmm. or just to get a message across. I don't know. Have you ever... Um, so I I try to help. So my wife will lose things around the house, and I, I, I ordered the, the tiles the, which are the little transponders you can put on things, mm-hmm. and it'll help you find things. And I, I think she lost the tiles. <laughs> <laughs> but didn't, yeah. didn't Pierre have a tile on his tile? Yeah. Like he, he had yeah. those tiles as well. He, like, he was losing his keys, and he lost a freaking tile. Um, uh, I'm going to go next to an anonymous caller. Ooh. Yeah, that's always good. Hi, anonymous. You're on the air. Hi. Um, so my father used to tell me the story of uh, about his godfather who used to have a neighbor who would not clean up their dog's poop in the backyard, and it would smell very bad. So my dad's godfather would have a, a friend of his go over to the backyard and, and start to pick it up, but the, the neighbor caught on and told him to stop doing that. So at one point, uh, this man that my uh, dad's father uh, was friends with uh, once sent the neighbor uh, wrapped in like a, like a Teflon vest to kind of protect the smell from everybody else, but sent him a, a, a dead fish wow. wrapped in a Teflon vest. Uh, okay. And it's and, funny uh, that this was a godfather because yeah, it's straight yeah. out of the movie. It's an old Sicilian thing. Sleeps yeah. with the oh. fishes. But, it, that, you know, that was created just for the godfather. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, I think, uh, so that, that, I, but think if, I just described that scene. Yeah, but if you guys know what like that, that means, basically the person's been killed. Yeah. So. Yeah, they never saw the dog again either. <laughs> oh, man. What? That's a joke, right? <laughs> All right, I gotta go. I don't know. Okay, dude. All right, I have to leave now. Yeah. Uh, let's see. All right, I'm gonna go to Eric. Hey, Eric. Good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. Good morning, buddy. What's up? Uh, so I was part of a theater group out in Jersey. Um, we had this girl that would, uh, during rehearsals, well, she just stunk to high heaven all the time, and I guess she couldn't uh-huh. smell it. Um, so we would always leave deodorant and perfume uh, near her stuff every time she walked in. So she would take the hint. She never got the hint. So every time between between takes and everything, we'd have to spray down her clothes just so we could breathe and focus Whoa. on what we were trying to do. And was this person was this person pleasant? Like a nice was she, she was nice? But she, I don't know why she just couldn't. She couldn't smell how bad she stunk. Uh, that if you want to talk about no something blind. that can make me gag, very bad body exactly. odor will do that. It's just horrifying. Yeah, but uh, people, you do become nose but, blind to it. But, by the but way, you, would you? 
would you notice that this stuff is being left for you specifically? I think you know you'd have I mean? to make it really like you'd have to build like a like a like a pyramid of toiletries and stuff on, on <laughs> just to let someone know. That'd be the way to know. I mean, in some cases. Uh, you walk that fine line, though. You insult someone, or they, you know, they just get devastated. Or do you help them? Because right. now they're, right. the, they're the people are talking behind their back. Right. Uh, a couple of texts. Uh, this one says, uh, and I love this. I anonymously sent a book which is titled "How Not to Be an A Hole" to my dad. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Uh, another yeah. one says one of my friends clogged a toilet. Another of uh, another friend, wait, another of another friend, while we were helping him move, and he went uh, and he sent him a plunger and cleaning supplies after that. Okay, okay. you know, it used to was a, was a popular item for a long time. We talked about it years ago. Was the the sending the the, the crap sending uh, yeah. dog poop, dog poop. Yeah, yeah. there was and there was a company that would do that. Is yeah, it literally they got in trouble. Is it called poopsenders.com? Because it could be, yeah. Somebody texted that in. And, right, yeah. Uh, apparently they branched out, Steve, because you can do cow crap now as well. <laughs> oh, there wow. you go. Yeah, not okay. just limited <laughs> to dog uh, crap. We will go to Rachel. Good morning, Rachel. Good morning. Hi. Hi. So have you ever sent something some, to someone anonymously to send I, a message? I did. I sent a uh, milkshake via Uber Eats to my sister because uh, she wasn't answering her phone. Um, she's... <laughs> <laughs> She's up at um, in at Yale doing her postdoctorate, and, and it was my dad's birthday. We hadn't heard from her all day, so uh, I wrote up. I ordered a milkshake from some pizza place, and that <laughs> Uber Eats deliver it to her. And I, I even had the Uber guy. He called me, and I was like, "Can you knock on the door? Can you look for her car?" Like, wow. <laughs> so, so ended up ended up she was sleeping the whole time. <laughs> oh, okay, so so, but you you hadn't heard from her. You got a little worried, so you sent a shake so that someone physically would go to the house and check up on her. Yeah. Wow. Actually, that's kind of smart. That's unique. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sending, you're, sending you're doing a welfare check yeah. <laughs> with a milkshake. Yeah, I'm from Uber Eats doing a welfare check. Wow. Why a milkshake? Uh, it was like the cheapest thing to do. Actually, <laughs> mm-hmm. like, that's <laughs> it's, actually, that's pretty smart. It's a little bit off the mark from what we're doing. Yeah. That's, that is, uh, that's very resourceful. Right that now. is. If you want to check up on someone, or what if you think someone's... Can, can you sort of... What if you, for example, if you think your 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 boyfriend or girlfriend's cheating on you and they're over to the house, mm-hmm. could you send the like an Uber Eats yeah, over there could. and you, and say you could, but you'd have to be in direct contact, contact with, with the, the driver Uber, yes. and say, look, I'll float you an extra twenty bucks, right. If you tell me what you see, <laughs> I wonder if people have had that happen before. Right? That's another topic off of this. Thanks for your call, Rachel. We appreciate yeah. that. Why yeah. not? Yeah. So if if you can answer that. <laughs> If maybe, yeah, you were a delivery driver who was offered a little extra uh, to see what's going on. Because at the time they're about to deliver, at least I use caviar a lot, and when that happens, the driver will actually send me a text from that driver's phone to let me know that they're coming into the area. And you could just return the call and say, by the way, when you get there. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Let's go to uh, Brian. Uh, Brian, good morning, sir. Good morning. What's up, buddy? Hey, uh, my youngest son uh, joined the Air Force a couple years ago. He just decided that, you know, my dad's retired from the Air Force. I'm going to tell him how easy I got it. When he was in basic training, I knew that I could uh, make it a little bit more difficult for him and get him to stop shooting his mouth off. So I sent him a box filled with every form of contraband he wasn't supposed to have. Like what? Flashlights, uh, <laughs> rubber <God>. palaces. Uh, <laughs> you said him dildos. Wait a minute. So, Brian, this is just because 
He was rubbing it in your face about how easy basic training was for him as opposed to how difficult it might have been for you. Oh, absolutely. Oh, my God. That is, that's shutting him down, man. So you sent him a flashlight? Yes. And so did he face any disciplinary action for that? Oh, he was pushing until he puked. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> that's a great idea, Brian. I love that. Thanks, man. Yep, bye. All right. <laughs> Here's what I'll do. That's, uh, that's more than a jelly donut, Preston. I'm not ingenious enough to come up with a good, yeah. uh, you know, uh, dig on somebody like that. Uh, let's go to, uh, we'll try Pete next. Hey, Pete, good morning. Hey, how you doing? Good, what's up, buddy? Hey, uh, yeah, a friend of mine's uh, wife, shortly after they had their second child, she started showing up. Uh, she was always intoxicated. She was always just, you know, fall down drunk at every oh. party. And uh, so my mom's a psychologist, and she gave me pamphlets and it was how to uh, grow up with an alcoholic parent. And I put it in the kids' room. Oh my God. The kids mm. were babies, but I put it in the kids' room. And I never heard anything about it, whatever. And then uh, years later, after they got divorced, I go, oh, did you guys ever find those pamphlets? He was like, was that you? Oh. I said, yeah. He goes, oh, she accused me of that. I was like, really? He goes, oh, yeah. He goes, we fought over that for years. He did, oh. did, did it get any result? Did she uh, Did she change her ways? No, she was a complete alcoholic and turned to drugs and got really bad. Oh. Ended up... Uh, just disappearing one day, leaving two kids and him behind. Uh, and then she showed up uh, with another baby and asked him to help raise it. Oh, God. Whoa. And she, sure. that's, but now she's straight and she actually she's actually married to a doctor. Okay. Wow. Well, that's wild that, that you left that and she thought that her husband was doing it to mm-hmm. send a message and that it led to them getting into it. That's interesting. And how odd a he drug addict would end up married to a doctor. <laughs> yeah, she, oh, she's, she's beautiful. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, okay. huh. All right, thanks, Pete. No problem. Appreciate it, man. Wow. That's wild. Uh, we'll go next to Dawn. Hey, Dawn, good morning. Hey, good morning. All right, Dawn. So we were talking about this. Marissa was wondering if you've ever Amazoned something to someone to send them a message, send them something anonymously. It wasn't Amazon. It's an actual company that will send a bag of D's anonymously to <laughs> oh. someone. Yeah, yeah, I got them at it's my house. D's by mail.com? Yeah. Yeah. Spelling out the the yeah. D word for penis. Wait a minute here, Kathy. You got one as well. I got them. Yeah. They're, well, the, ours was um, confetti D's. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, I added the extra extra confetti touch to it. I did. Um, and it comes with a big note that says "Eat a bag of D's." Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I got it. And 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 so are these are gummy D's. Yes. All right. Well, Steve, they also have you chocolate D's. They have ooh. a giant. Sign me one. up. Yeah. They, they actually have giant chocolate ones as well. Yeah, we're looking at a picture of the chocolate one. It's very <laughs> realistic looking. <laughs> yeah. Veins in the whole thing, that's Steve. That's kind of interesting. I like that. Uh, that's hilarious. All right, Dawn, thanks for the heads up. You're welcome. <laughs> All right, we'll see. I know that existed. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting. I love that that exists. That's one of my favorite phrases. D's by mail. Yeah. yeah. And it was like a mystery for a really long time. Who did like it? We could not. It was it was a friend, and yeah. like he just did it as a joke. But like for a long time, we're like, who? That we were asking everyone, and then we were like, so oh, you like sending D's to the mail? Did it come with a note, or was it just a bag of D's? No, it comes. I forget. It, this was years ago um, that he sent it, uh, and yeah, it's something like yeah. I think it said eat a bag of D's. Like, I think that's what the point was. Enjoy was, this bag of D's. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. Your boss sent it to you. 
let's go to Mike. Good morning, Mike. Hey, Mike, you're on the air, buddy. Hey, guys, what's up? Yeah, man, wanted to hear about what you have sent to someone. Yeah, so um, I'm a physical therapist, and on the side a couple years ago, I would do, like, per diem home health stuff. Right. And I had a patient, and sometimes you'd walk into these houses, and they're, I mean, they're a hoarder's home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You never know what you're really getting into. Mm-hmm. And I had this one house, and it was sketchy to begin with. And I walk in, and they were just like, he's in the basement. I'm like, oh, okay, this is great. <laughs> so I walk into the basement, and there's this guy sitting in a wheelchair. It smells, it's probably the worst smell I've ever smelled in my life. I mean, this guy was neglected. Oh. Um, yeah, it was, it was horrible. It's so sad. He, had, he was, yeah, it was, yeah, he was the nicest person in the world. Um, but you could tell his parents just kind of didn't care. So, <sighs> you know, after a couple of visits. You know, I was talking to the parents. I'm like, you got to get him this, you got to get him that. <clears throat> nothing, nothing, nothing. So, like, after, like, the fourth visit and and nothing changed, I essentially spent everything I ever made off of this family through, you know, per diem stuff. I sent him clothes, soap, because he was a big VCR movie guy. He had movies everywhere. Right. I sent him movies. I sent him everything you can imagine. And then I went to go back to check up on him on the last visit, only to find out that he passed away. Oh, dude. Dude, you, you did a good thing, though. You did. You, you did. did a wonderful thing trying to step in and help. I mean, that's that's a different angle yeah, of yeah. what we were going for. But there are, yeah, people do anonymous charity right. yeah. donations also and, the side and, of it. and drop goods and, yeah. and, and things that uh, that people might need off. And that's yeah, a great I mean, thing. There's just, when you do home health, and I know there's people out there that do home health, nurses, PTs. When you go into some of these homes, mm. it is absolutely mind-blowing the conditions that some of these people live. Sure. Let me, and, and I'll guarantee you this, Mike, it makes you step back and appreciate what you have in life, correct? Oh, oh 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. Yeah. All right, so wow, well that's uh, so heavy. Yeah, ha <laughs> ha. <laughs> yeah, it's horrible. Uh, all right, here you go. Here's uh, Andy who has this kind of speech. <laughs> this kind of speaks to what uh, Marissa had initially uh, mentioned. Andy, good morning. Good morning. All right, Andy. So you sent somebody something anonymously. I did over Zoom. We could hear um, during learning that there was. Beeping consistently, it was loud and it was horrible, and it was a smoke detector. So I sent smoke detector batteries, and it didn't stop even after the package arrived to the family. They okay. they didn't get the hint. No, and even um, months and months and months later, it is still loudly beeping. So, so there was lots of other goodies in the the package other than just. Smoke detector batteries, but um, it, it, it didn't work. No, not all right. At all. So I have a piece of advice: if you could send somebody over in a fake like Pico outfit, have yeah, them yeah. go in and have them take the batteries out of all their smoke detectors <laughs> and then start a fire. That ah, would be funny. It, ah. it, it drives me crazy, and I don't know how anyone could live in there with. Yeah. No, I know exactly what you're talking about. And here's the deal. And, and, and maybe, Andy, you can commiserate with this and, and everybody here. You guys have your smoke detectors and your carbon monoxide detectors. Yes. Mm-hmm. So in our house, and we have, you know, we have a lot of them. You know, we had Xfinity come in and set up everything. And then there's also, I guess, a Philadelphia uh, law that you have to have a particular type. And so I'll be sitting there every couple of weeks. And somewhere in the house, you'll hear... 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then and, you got to play the game. And you're like, you're doing why sonar. don't they? <laughs> yeah. Why don't they? When a battery goes low and it starts chirping. Put a small light on that particular detector that stays solid. I think some of them do. Not mine. Might not be solid. Mine either, yeah. Steve. And it's your submarine playing sonar. You got to walk around, and then there's, there's one in this room, and one in yeah. that room, and one in the hallway. Right. You got to stand there, like like you're. It's like every thirty seconds. Okay, wait. There it is. All right, now I got to hit. Okay, it's this way. So they take two steps that way. No, wait a minute. It's actually, it sounds like it's off that way. Because it might be reverberating yes, off a wall. Yes, that's what happens. And you got to play that game. I hate that game. I just, Preston, there was one night, and, and sometimes like at the top, the first landing at the top of the stairs, I always keep a stepladder and a case of batteries. Because uh, I'm like, you goddamn. Going to take care of this. Yes. Now. Yeah, I know what you mean. All right, well, anyhow, thank you for your calls, Marissa. Thank you for the topic. Thank you for choosing this from uh, Stack O Topics. It worked out. It did end up working out. I was wrong. I thought it yeah. wouldn't work out at all. Me, the naysayer. <laughs> um, we have to take a break. Coming back in a moment. Stay put. Stream WMMR anywhere you have an internet connection. Listen on our mobile app or go to WMMR.com. The most hated jeweler in America makes it so easy to get engaged. Meet the beautiful, classy, and brilliant Krista. She's Stephen's most loved engagement ring and will dazzle. She takes the stress and guesswork out of finding the perfect ring. A bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant diamond in a classic solitaire setting. Meet Krista today, starting at under $700. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut by appointment only. Free shipping and interest-free financing. It's so easy. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Now back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. We were talking earlier about this uh, this photo of uh, Bill Belichick and his uh, daughter at the very end of the Super Bowl. It's all exciting. There's crowds on the on the field, and uh, she gives him a congratulatory kiss. Well, of course, there's you know people taking pictures nonstop, and there's a there's a moment frozen in time of the two of them lip locked, and both their eyes are closed, and some people pounced all over it that it looked a little too passionate for their yeah. for their feelings. It's not like he has a handful of knocker, you know. He's got. <laughs> Yeah, I, mean, I do think it was it was it, caught at the wrong yeah, moment. I, that's but, his his thumb on her armpit, yeah. Casey. You might have. He's not feeling her up. It's <laughs> in that second. But the 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 subject did start to drive as yes. we were talking about it earlier. Uh, what's appropriate? What's not? And 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 different signs of affection. And I didn't realize she was thirty. I, I thought she was younger. So she um, has experience, Kathy. No, no, no. But, but I said when I was at that at that age, uh, I didn't kiss my dad, and I certainly didn't at thirty. I mean, I, I think it stopped. Don't you Italians kiss each other a on the lips of, like yeah. crazy? Yeah, a lot of people do, and a lot of people in my family do. Um, we yeah, don't. He kissed me on the lips. Yeah, That's right. He did. Your dad hey, did? Yeah, yeah. Just, uh, you have a smaller mustache than Kathy. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, yeah, you guys have to remember I'm, I'm part Irish, too, so uh, some of the you're traditions... You're conflicted. Yeah. Well, some of the traditions come from that side, I guess. A lot of my... Uh, a lot of the Italian side of my family, they do kiss on the lips. We do not. Kathy, okay. I, all right, so you haven't kissed your dad on the lips in a long time. Yeah. He hasn't won any Super Bowls, I assume. You know, so we have no, to No, no, he also, did. He won. Yeah. He got one. We also have to, you know, put this into context. This guy just won the National Football Championship. You know, yeah. there's, no, there's I don't, a lot of I don't excitement. think so. Something that exciting happened to my dad. I would certainly go over, give him a hug, give him a high five. We would celebrate, but we would not would kiss. Would you unbutton your blouse? Yeah. Uh, no, Steve. I, oh, I'm just trying to ma- imagine I how profound think, this experience well, you're was. Look, I don't cat. think. You, you no, no, listen. Breaking, I don't I'm think. A... I don't think there's anything wrong with it. There are families that do it, but I see.
see why. Look, it was taken at the at the wrong time. I think there's nothing wrong with this. It. Is clearly listen the the thing about kissing on on the lips, and you're right. And the, the Italians will do it. The guys will do it. You know, it's a sure. part of the deal. Goodfellas, for Christ's sake, there's more making out than you can possibly yeah. imagine. So, yeah. but but that said. Uh, in this case, obviously caught in this in the second. But there's, you know, do you ever get creeped out by? Well, there's the SNL skit you've seen where the family makes out with each other, basically. Right, right. yeah, that's gross. Not basically, what, what, they about, make out. what about you? I mean, with your parents, did did your did your dad uh, kiss when I, you when I was a kid? Yes, yeah. and that stopped at some point in my adolescence. Uh, but my uh, dad. I still kissed, kissed my mom. other dads. Oh, did he? Yeah, <laughs> and that got to be a little bit of an issue. Wow, Bruce never, Jenner. Yeah, he's never talked about it. And I, I, well, it's 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 Gene is his name, so now he just spells it with a J. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't rem- I don't remember when it stopped. It just it just uh, did. Yeah, Teenagers. I think it's probably like twelve or thirteen. Yeah. My son's eight, and I dread the day that it stops. I, I don't want it to end. It's the kid that will. Rebuff off. Obviously. Yeah, it'll get to it'll be a point where it's embarrassing for him in front of his friends. At or least something put like your that. pants on. Right? Yeah, come on, Dad. <laughs> We're in public here. Uh, but uh, you know, I I I'm a, have one child. You know, and and it's, uh, he's my son, and um, it'll stop at some point. It'll and kill you, right? It'll kill me. It, yeah. uh, it'll break my heart, and he'll he won't want to do it anymore. So now, when I get to kiss him goodnight, at, that that makes my day. Aww. Giving my daughter a kiss is one of my favorite things of the whole day yep. long, and it's you know uh, when she gets home from school or just to say I love you. Or before bed, and we and we do the you know the eyes closed, big pucker, <laughs> that type of thing. It's so damn adorable. That's me with a hooker. I know, right? Yeah. 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 So cute. <laughs> because she she. That's the only way they'll kiss. Yeah, right. right. You got to pay extra. Yeah, because they usually save that for their boyfriend. Yeah, that's right. Um, but, I, you know, I don't think it's odd that a 30-year-old daughter is kissing her dad. Do you, do you still kiss your mom? I do, yeah. On, on the, the lips? lips? On the lips, yeah. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah. My mom died decades ago, and I still kiss her. You do? Yeah, that's how Aww. much you love her. No, no. It's, it's, to me, that my dad never kissed me. Uh, you know, uh, that, uh, maybe when I was a kid, I was unaware. <laughs> maybe, maybe he was a nice sit- pause before Yeah, we, kiss. Need, we need that. He, there kiss was me. other stuff. There was fingers. No. Oh. <laughs> but there was, um, not I knew he loved me, but there was not a lot. There was not a lot yeah. of tactile, you Some, know, hugging yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. And, and that's Irish, a little bit of Scotch Irish. Yeah, you know, and and we're we are a very affectionate family, but we just don't kiss on the lips. There, you, you know, just don't love each other. No, yes, right, yeah. exactly. You, it's outside. What do you do with your brothers, Kath? No, don't kiss on the lips. On the cheek. Uh, yeah. Okay. Do like you a, do the kiss yeah. or do you the, the air kiss with cheeks touching? Yeah, kind of like that. Okay. What about your mom and brothers? Do they make out? No. <laughs> no. No, nobody in our family kisses on but the lips. But you still call them mommy and daddy? Uh, we ref- No, we call them mom and dad. If I were to talk to you uh-huh. about them, I would call them mom and dad. But if I'm talking to my brother, I would refer to them as mommy and daddy, yes. Here's, here's a, there are a lot of texts uh, coming in, but this one says there's a moment when your parents held you in their arms and put you down only to never pick you up again. Oh, well, that's God. depressing. Why would you send us that? Well, it's true. I know. It's true. God, don't depress it's, me. I now. remember. It's my, my, it was, maybe I was seven years old. My dad was was over the bed and goes, Daddy doesn't love you. <laughs> <laughs> no, they don't stop loving you. Oh, well, listen, and, and my boys now are teenagers. and Because, uh, you know, you, you pick up your son, you hold him on your side to walk around, you put him on your shoulders and stuff like that. And, like... <laughs> A year or two ago, <laughs> I couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. He's doing it to you now. My oldest says, "Yeah, I actually he's holding you back, bro." I'm one yeah. of my sons. I mean, we wear the same size shoes. He's taller than me. I totally miss it. You know, it's sad. Could you could you just cradle him a little bit? Maybe maybe when you maybe now without him, throwing out my back, pick him up at school <laughs> and and cradle him in your arms. <laughs> right, Set right. him up for a year of ass kicking. Let me go to some calls here. I'm going to go to Joe. Hey Joe, how you doing? 
Hey, guys, it's about to get turnt in this hizzy. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done. Yeah. What's up, yeah. man? Hey, guys, my, I'm, uh, I have three children. Uh, my daughter and I still kiss. She's actually 40. My two boys are 38 and 34, and they still kiss me goodbye and hello every time they see me. Joe, on the lips? And Joe, does, so does your we daughter... Have kissed, but we have kissed on the lips, yeah. Okay. Okay, so you, you look at this Bill Jack thing. It doesn't, it, it, it doesn't stand out as something bizarre to you, correct? We've done it for 30-some years. But the really cool thing, guys, what really touches me is I could be in a group with their friends, and they still do it. They're not uh-huh. embarrassed to do it in front of their friends. And that, that's more telling to me than it is than when we're alone, you know? Yeah. Yeah, there's like, there's just, for, you know, for me, just... Uh, Thanks, Joe. Maybe 10 years where it's not cool. And then you come back around, you know? Yeah. So maybe from like 10, you know, like or 9 to like 19, and then, you know, you become a man. You're like, listen, I, I love my dad. I want to show my dad that but I you, love him, and I don't care that, that, what any, what anybody says. You, you know? owe it like, to your adult children to yeah. give them a little foreplay, right. you know? But, I, you know, I didn't... Um, as an Do you ad- have a kiss for daddy? <laughs> I, I didn't kiss my dad on the lips as an adult, but um, you know we would do cheek kisses, like a big hug and a cheek kiss yeah. every time yeah. we saw See, each so other. And you're how are you giving but, me a hard time? No, for not doing because it. that's that for that's man man. Like, but my man mom, on man is fine. But my so mom, did your bro- did your sister kiss your dad yeah, on the lips? Yeah, yeah. and oh, I okay. kissed my mom on the lips. Okay. Still, you know. What about aunts and uncles? Um, hmm, no, 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 no. cheek. Mm-hmm. What about uh, uh, waiters and waitresses? <laughs> Balls. Yeah. Yeah. Balls. Do there, you have a kiss for daddy? There are awkward friends who sometimes expect a kiss when you haven't seen them in a long time, like a kiss on the lips, mm. and that throws like me off. Yeah, well, it's Kathy's dad who's the first one that comes to mind. No, I have some friends that, like, have, uh, an ex-girlfriend or somebody that I'm still friends with that I haven't seen in a long time, and they come up and they greet you with a kiss on the lips. You guys, you never had that happen? You, uh, sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I've had it. And no, I, don't, I don't automatically go for the lips when I first see somebody. I'll go for the cheek. But they'll come in for the lips, and you're like, oh, all right, we're doing that. I think in this uh, age of Ebola and all that stuff, <laughs> I think uh, maybe you want to. But but there, some people are just genuinely... Affectionate right. that hey. way, and and you don't want to make him feel like an idiot. Doctor Mike kissed us the other day. There you go. He did. There's yes, one. He did. I, I wouldn't. I will tell you something. <laughs> Doctor Mike, and it's and it's it's the thing. On the cheek. I, I'm trying to. I, yeah. I, I'm trying to emulate him a bit in, in the Absolutely. way that, that, that he too. Did, because he embraces life and and it's genuine. Mm-hmm. He spreads he, the love. And I know he's not trying to get some off me. Nope. No. You know. Well, <laughs> but he does get some off. He you. does. <laughs> Maybe that's part of his. That's game. the whole uh, angle. He's done man. stuff to me my wife hasn't even done. He's not forcing it. You know, you're just readily giving. I it to drop him. trow and let's go. <laughs> yeah. Let's play hide the worm. Hey, we've we've all dropped trow. <laughs> yes, well, <laughs> Doctor Mike. I'm now aboard. Nick is now bored. I'm on the right mic train. Let me go to Kathy. Hey, Kathy, good morning. Good morning, guys. Ball sacks are yummy. Ball sacks. Don't I know it. What's up, Kathy? So I'm 27 years old, and I think I'm a fairly normal girl. You know, no daddy issues or anything. And I still kiss both my dad and my grandfather on the lips. They always are the ones that go in for it. And there's been times when I think it's weird, you know, boyfriends are around or whatever, but... I mean, for the most part, I just think, all right, you know, this is how they want to express their affection towards me. That's fine. Kathy, what do you do with uh, your uh, your mom? Uh, on the cheek, not on, on the, the cheek. Lips. Okay, okay. Yeah, so, so dad and, and, and granddad get the uh, get the lips, and mom gets the cheek. That's correct. Okay. I think it's I think it's incredibly sweet that you still do that, Kathy. Yeah, I don't have a problem with it. Good. So. And would you consider yourself attractive? Uh, barely. <laughs> 
Could this lead anywhere? Shut up. On good days. <laughs> okay, thank you. Listen, uh, there's uh, not a lot of people at the retirement home today. Why don't you come on over? Oh, so that's the way it is. <laughs> and it's funny because you that a kiss for daddy. <laughs> the principal is the one who was in real life. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. There he was, uh, he was uh, uh, oh, uh, like right. uh, Jeffrey Jones. Jeffrey, Jeffrey Jones. Jones. Yeah. That's it. Had questionable what could artwork, artwork. that could have been considered uh, kitty porn. porn. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, let me go to Joe. Hi, Joe. You're on the air. Good morning. What's up, guys? You guys rock. Thanks, Hi. Buddy. Appreciate it. What's going on, man? Well, you know what? Growing up, my father, um, you know, we come from a, a strong line of uh, Italians, and my my father never showed affection, never, you know, got a kiss from him. You know, when I was younger, I remember, like, going to give him a kiss, and he'd, like, you know, turn his cheek, and he'd give him a kiss, and it was like, all right, that's enough. You know, I'll see you later. <laughs> uh, so you, you would actually get, the, the br- uh, like, a real physical brush off. Yeah, almost. You know, all right, all right, go to school now. You know what I mean? It was very, very stern kind of you know, um, demeanor. Well, you know, it wasn't until about four years ago that I, I wound up in the hospital, you know, uh, in a coma on life support from the flu. And that, that he completely turned around, started to tell me like, I love you. He would give me a kiss, you know, and, and realized like, you know, I mean, that, that I guess he almost lost me that, that yeah. he completely came around. Now, don't get me wrong. There was never any kind of, um, you know, thought that he didn't love me because my father showed me, you know, his love in different ways. You know sure. what I mean? Bought me everything, yeah. talked about, you know, he was a great dad. Yes. But, you know, just the way he showed his emotion. Was he made those completely... Super 8 films of you, oh, which was... Exactly. No, no, exactly. I, I agree. <laughs> I, know, I know exactly what but, you're talking about. Yeah, but Joe, you knew you were loved. There's still a part of you that, that kind of wishes you guys had that uh, a between little bit, each other. A yeah, little sure, bit, sure. Because now with my kids, I am the complete opposite, like, I'm constantly showing my kids affection. I, you know, I, I'm trying to teach my son, don't ever feel embarrassed. You know, your parents always give your mother a kiss before you leave. Yeah. Tell her you love her. Tell me you love her. You know, and, and that's the relationship that I, I have with my kids. And they are so overly affectionate with, with me and my wife. You know, it's, it's a real good feeling, I got to say. I, I, Preston, in your, in your um, relationship, are, are you the first, if you come home to, ini- or to initiate a kiss with your wife, are, are you... Are you you know, in other words, because I maybe I didn't have that experience growing up, so I think I'm the first to come in and, and show affection to mm-hmm. Claire when I, you know, and she's wonderful and reciprocate and all that stuff. But I think I'm I'm the first to go tactile and kiss or, or hug or grab. No, no, from I'm my... not really sure. I mean, it's it's pretty mutual, but I, but I try to make sure that I that I definitely show those signs of affection. It goes a long way. It really, does. sometimes there's another guy in the way. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. And well, I have to wait. Yeah, yeah. Turn. I definitely do because my wife doesn't really stop what she's doing. You know, it's not like oh, you know. When I came home and the kids, you know, they don't even do it anymore. Let me wipe first. They used to, uh, you know, come and greet me at the door. Uh. Now the dog greets me at the door. But if my <laughs> wife is is sitting down, she doesn't get up. If she's, you know, doing something in the kitchen, she doesn't, you know. So I have to go to her anyway. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I always initiate. Hang on. I'm going to go to this call. And then I have a kind of a heavy um, text message I want to read. But let me go to Tammy here. Hi, Tammy. Good morning. Hey, bitches. Hey, what? What's up, Tammy? Hi, so my mother-in-law, God love her, she's a great woman. She's got some health issues, and one of them is gingivitis. <laughs> so when she comes in, she comes in for the full-on mouth kiss. Oh, and I'm like, dear God, I mean, God love her, but it smells like death. And I have to turn my head. You know, I did a head turn. 
so she has to get my cheek every time, and oh. it's kind of so awkward. Hey, do what Kathy would do. Just puke right in her mouth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that'll stop. No, Fill her mouth so up with sweet. chunky soup. <laughs> she's so sweet, but it's like every time she's, we're expecting her this weekend, and I'm going to say, oh, I'm going to have to do the awkward head turn again. Tammy, just, Don't I think, uh, uh, be very on. sweet about it and say, oh, were you licking someone's ass? <laughs> Mm-hmm. No. You know what? But there, well, good luck with that. But th- but there are some people that I do have to make a mental note of friends that I that I only see on occasion. And when you're doing the greeting, does this person like the kiss or not? Right. You have to remember. Uh, and I have to remember. Oh yeah, she doesn't. So I'll go in for the the pretend cheek kiss, right. or just a hug, that or or this me. one really you likes to make lip contact, mm-hmm. and I got to remember that because otherwise I look like the jerk that's brushing it off. You know. Well, yes. not lip contact, but uh, kiss or hug or handshake happens to me a lot with with uh, guests, especially male guests that come into our show that have been here a number yeah. of times. It's like, yes. are we at the point? And I think was it um was it Dom Irera? Maybe he was like, we're not at that point yet. He was like, don't give me a hug. <laughs> Was, I forget who it was. There was a comedian in before him, and I had hugged that comedian, and then he yeah. said to me, he's like, we're not there yet. I'll <laughs> see when they come over to you because, I, you know, the guy's just going to do the handshake, you know? Yeah. And, I, and I, I think I do a little—I I want people to know that handshake means something. Uh, but um, you have to—you, because you're a woman, have you have to play that game. And usually yeah. I'll do—it's it, usually when they, when they get here, and if it's, like, a little awkward, we didn't do the hug, we did the handshake or hi or kiss or whatever, then afterwards I, I know what's expected, and I'll just go over and, you know, give a hug or a kiss. Hey, Bradley Cooper does the bro hug. I was yeah. just going to bring that up. Yeah. When he's and coming that's here, awesome. every time it's, yeah. it's the— You it's, love getting hugged by it's Bradley the, Cooper. The, the, not the straight handshake, but the—what do you call this? The almost high five? The, it's the, the bro— the the bro the shake, and right. then, then, then he pulls you in yeah. for the hug. Right, and then you make out with him for a little while. God, I would have that yeah. man in many ways. <laughs> I got a couple were, of bro hugs interest to me. Uh, from uh, Giroux the other day. Giroux's a bro hugger. He's a bro hugger. Yeah, yeah. totally, it man. Means, it, it's, it's a, listen, it's, it's, cool. it's a nice gesture. It, right. it, it's, 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 there's nothing wrong with that. The thing that is weird now is that you'll have, I don't know, if, if a woman is coming in for a hug, I, I try to do the neutral side hug with the one arm and then a lot and then if they go for the two arm thing it looks like i'm standoffish so i don't know you know should i just go for a full hug every time or yeah yeah, you know it's it's that game you play because you don't want to make someone feel awkward well i always had a have a problem with greeting somebody that i work with outside of a work environment but yeah but you make it fun awkward for you you know because we do the thing and i'm like okay should we uh, hey (laughs) like he pretends to hug maybe are we gonna hug or we gonna kiss what are we gonna do but if it's somebody else like in like tagey or paula or anybody from our sales office and i see them outside i'm like oh well i don't I don't hug you hello ever, Casey, and I see you every single day. When we got the award at that luncheon in the fall, yeah. we were up on the on the stage, and Marissa gave you a hug, and you go, okay, I guess we're hugging. <laughs> yeah. like we'd been working together all day, and yeah. we like, had just gotten to lunch, but it was like a nice celebratory moment, right. and she was feeling the moment, and right. gave you a hug, and you're like, well, all right. Here's a perfect example. Our, our neighbor's next door, and our, their front door is about... 20 feet from our front door. Yeah, yeah. So, hey, how are you? We never do that. But when they come over with other friends... Oh, uh, all right. I, I go to, to Le- Leslie, who's the, 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 the my neighbor, I, I do, do we hug, I guess? Because yes. I don't want to be like, no, you're not huggable. The other women are, though, but you're right, not. Right. I, I don't know if that's an insult or what the story is, but yeah, it's it's confusing. Here's a text message. says, I'll be there Friday morning, and I expect hugs and kisses from all of you. <laughs> all right. By the way, here's another one. Okay, this is a little bit weird, but it says, so I have a problem with this. Uh, my in-laws kiss my kids on the lips, and it pisses me off. We have asked them to stop, even took them to a therapist to get them to understand I don't want them to do that. Oh, and geez. here's the deal. I thought that was a bit much, 
But they go on to say, because I was molested by my grandfather. And they still do it. So... Wow. Yeah. I mean, I'm, sure that the, I'm sure well, I'm sure that the in-laws are being very innocent about it. Right, but it bothers her. But if this is bothering this person, you need to that's pretty heavy stuff. Well, the, you need to you need to honor their wishes and not it's the do parent. It. Yeah. You gotta honor the parents' wishes. Yeah. Wow, I'd never always heard honor the like parents' that. wishes. Yeah, I agree. And then I also wanted to bring up this point um when because I don't smoke anymore, by the right. way. Right. It's it's been about a month. You but, can say that now. I nice. can say that now, yeah. yeah. But um when greeting people, like especially females, when you have to go in for a hug or a kiss. When I was smoking, I always hated that because I, oh, knew, sure. I knew how I smelled. And I'm like, oh, man. And yeah. now you don't have that concern. I don't have that concern. Good anymore. for you. It's pretty mm-hmm. awesome. If they're wearing jeans, is it okay to reach around and slide your hands down between the jeans and the skin? Yep. I think so. Okay. Yeah. As right. long as you don't go into the underwear. Yeah. Okay, yeah. You're okay. Kathy yeah. loves it. Uh, yeah. Place what? your middle finger in between their butt cheeks. By the way, I love, I've seen Casey do this to Kathy before. They'll go in for a hug, just a pretend hug, and Casey will start to undo her bra string. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do What are you talking about? Let your bra Pretty sure my wife's not listening. <laughs> well, I don't actually school. let oh, you well, do she, it. That's when she freaks yeah. out and smacks you. So yeah, anyway, exactly. All right, well, anyway, I, I think it's I think it's sweet that Bilicek's daughter kissed him after they won the Super Bowl. I don't, and then they, they I don't got think a, it's creepy at they all. They got a hotel room. <laughs> yeah, they did not. It's, all right, carry this on. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in just a moment. It's podcast contest time. If you would like to be in the audience for Preston and Steve's exclusive screening of Halloween Kills next Tuesday, October 12th at the UA King of Prussia, then head to WMMR.com right now, scroll down to the contest ribbon, and click on the secret contest link to enter. Do it now. We'll contact the winners next week. Good luck. Uh, Casey, just saw this. Here's breaking news. Yeah. This is in Bluebell yeah. off of Morris Road. A, a, a bus crashed into a school bus crashed into a house. I mean, like into the living room. Holy crap! Look at that. Here's a picture of it My from Fox. What, was it was it on uh, with students on board or Bring was the, it? Scroll know. up here, Nick. Um, uh, the accident happened around 7:45 a.m. So far, there are no injuries reported. Witnesses say there were some children on the bus. Whoa! That's a happened. nice house. Damn. It looks like it went right into the living room. Like half half of the bus is inside the house. Yeah. I get a little bit nervous, and it's no offense to bus drivers out there, but some of these guys are, they're retired, right? So yeah. they're a little bit older. My, um, uh, it was my, my kid's school. They were on a, uh, a field trip, and the, the bus driver fell asleep. Whoa. Just what? fell asleep. Yeah. That, was, I, that, there, that happened this year. There was a, there was an accident a, a little while ago with someone with a, a bus driver falling asleep at the wheel. Luckily, there wasn't an accident because uh, there was a parent sitting in the front seat noticed that he had fallen asleep, that the bus was then swerving into whatever it was. Yeah, I don't yeah. think it was oncoming traffic. And, and so the parent jumped across and, and righted the ship, and then the guy woke up. But oh, this I, yeah. I, I don't want to speculate as no, to no, what no. happened here, but I mean... This bus went clear across a uh, a lawn, lawn and into a house, so something had to have happened with the bus. Uh, well, it looks as if I mean, yeah, it looks as if, and I don't think this is the case that the bus driver intention intentionally drove into this house. There's no. You would have to cut the wheel all the way to the left. Listen, you never know. An accelerator could have gotten stuck or something like that, and then at that point, you gotta. You got to do something pretty quick. Is it? this a case of homeschooling, do you think? <laughs> Steve, <laughs> extreme homeschooling. This just happened. No, no, no injuries reported. No, okay. All, right. All, right. All right. So. I just have to speculate as a journalist. Wow. Journalist? Uh, 
Hang on a second. <laughs> is that what we are? Go hang, with it. Hang on. <laughs> the next uh, 10 minutes. Brian's kids go to the, the, the school where this is from. Hey, Brian, how you doing? Good, how are you? Good. So what school is this? Uh, it's St. Helena's in uh, Bluebell. Okay. And um, what's the word that you've heard? Uh, I just got an email that goes out to all the parents. It just said no kids, you know, no kids were really hurt on the bus. All the kids are fine. Okay. Oh, that's cool. Um, it just it didn't give you much more details except that it was a bus accident uh, mm-hmm. from Winter Hickson School District bus. Brian, do they know if anybody was in the house at the time? Uh, they didn't say. 7.45 in the morning is a good chance somebody might have been there. You would figure, yeah. Uh, what's Hopefully the, they were out for oh, school the, already. I wonder mm-hmm. what the cutoff age is, bringing up your point, Casey, for Thanks, how, how old. Because there are, I remember even when I was going to school, there were a lot of retirees it's who retirees, were, who were the, yeah. the, the bus drivers. What is the cutoff age? I would imagine really as long as you're an able driver. You still have a license yeah. to drive a bus. Yeah, and pass a test of some sort. Man, our bus driver growing up was the meanest lady on the planet. She she hated kids. She just would oh. yell at us incessantly. Well, then just, she went into the right, right I line know, of work. That's, like, that's I want to hate kids, and I want to be surrounded by them. This was middle school, too, Steve. So it was for me, middle school was uh, seven, eight, nine grades. And uh, so, you, obviously, you were required to take the bus every day. When you right. get to high school, you sort of have uh, some options. but um, And it was to and from, and she just was a mean, mean that's bitch. Fun. We had Wayne was our bus driver in high school. Was he cool? He was awesome. He smoked pot. No. Okay. No, did I or did he? No. Did he? I don't. I don't know. Like Otto, you yeah. know? No, yeah. like that guy. Yeah. No, no. He was a little bit older. He, you know, who he yelled at all the time were other drivers. He would like, oh. you know, he'd be, you know, hanging out the window like yeah, because you're supposed to stop. And this was oh, sure. before the the stop sign would come out on the the arm. Right. Um, it was just when the lights were blinking, you were supposed to stop, and cars wouldn't stop, and he'd you know hang out the window and yell at him. God stop. damn you, you bastards! Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, bus drivers, man. I remember having some angry bus drivers. There's no way. I always had good ones. No way I could ever do that job. Oh, I'd the- strangle kids. <laughs> you'd, you'd be, you'd be, yeah, absolutely, you'd be going nuts. Oh, man. I had a, a bus driver who would actually periodically, like, he'd probably be sued out the yin yang these days. But he, he used to bring like treats and like would buy like uh, ice cream pops and stuff to hand oh, out. I mean, just really, nice. like, really nice. And, bu- and all we had to do was have sex Stop with them. it. Stop. <laughs> I knew Dude. You were that. It's not funny. Dude. It's not funny. <laughs> but those pops were so good. We had a guy that we would always talk into. Uh, uh, there was one small little hill, and if you went over oh. the, the right way, yes. uh, like then it would, it would cause the back end to bounce yes. up. And we, you know, whatever his name was, I don't remember. Joe, dude, go over the bump, man. Go over the bump. And uh-huh. and if the bus was mostly empty, which it usually was at the time, everybody would move to the back, and it would shoot you up off your seat. Yeah, if, well, that's would what, go off that it. was one of the reasons why we sat in the back of the bus. So you could bounce around? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Vibrations on my tingly no, part. No, God. You just turned everything know. dirty. Oh, I think I'm becoming a woman. <laughs> um... Sometimes I don't like you. When we would make turns going into our school, this is in grade school, we all tried to get onto one side of the bus to make it tip over. Oh, that's a good <laughs> idea. We're smart. That's awesome. Yeah. We actually had to. I remember when it was uh, over that same hill, that little, that short little hill that you would pop up at the top. When it snowed one time, he couldn't he couldn't get the bus up that hill because the back tires oh, were getting yeah, traction. Yeah. Uh-huh. Of course, yeah. So we're, we're sitting on it, and the tires are spinning, and all of a sudden he's like, Everybody in the back of the bus. So everybody moved to the back, and it weighted it down, and we were able to. Uh, well, that's right. It actually, cool. it worked. It got the it got the bus. You figure moving. a bus would have enough gears to get up a hill like that. No, it was just it was yeah, it was slipping uh, because of the snow. Uh, let me go to Joe. Hi, Joe. You're on the air. Good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. Hey, what's uh, up? Not much. I'm a bus driver. I'm not going to say it for who, but uh, there is no age cutoff. 
you have to get a physical every year. If you pass your physical, you're breathing, you got a good pulse, your blood pressure's right, all that. Uh, you can drive a bus. I know drivers that are as old as at least 89 driving still. Okay. So, Joe, do you, do you think it's an issue or is it? Uh, I, I personally think when you see some of these drivers walking across the parking lot, they look like the walking dead. You almost <laughs> think, like, how should they be driving? So. Yeah, no, I, I get that. But, you know, like my dad's 86. He could he could clearly, he could drive a bus no problem. You yeah. know I mean? He's, he's in complete control of his faculties in good shape. So I, I guess it is on a case-per-case basis. It, well, it is more or less, but I, I think a lot of these people, a lot of these companies, uh, the private companies and districts, is when a, a warm pole, you know, somebody with a pole and a warm body behind the seat is <laughs> Right, right, right. They should be a little sharper than just a blob of uh, uh, warm absolutely. flesh. Absolutely. There's a lot of accidents, a lot of people who shouldn't be behind the wheel of a bus driving yeah. kids. I mean, it's the most precious cargo there is, really. Uh, no, absolutely. Joe, how, what kind of money do you make as a bus driver? Uh, I do pretty well. So I used to be a truck driver. I do it now because the money's pretty good. The retirement's pretty good. The benefits are good. Uh, that's not the only reason I really do it. I prefer to drive a truck, but um, yeah, you know, it's good money. Uh, hey, are there times when it's fun, Joe, when the kids are having a good I, time? I love, yeah, I love my kids, man. I get along. My kids are great, man. My kids like me. I got a great rapport with them. Yeah, it's, that's uh, cool. it, it makes I'm a difference. Yeah, I, I, I always had good bus drivers, and it was it was always a pleasant thing. And also, they were. In, in a way, they work as little mini bouncers too. They mm-hmm. they keep the peace on the bus, you know. Which well, is that depends on where you are. I used to drive from Philadelphia, and uh, there's no peace on those buses. <laughs> I could have. I can Thanks, imagine. Um, no, I remember when uh, when my kids started going to, to grade school, and, and the bus driver they had a really nice bus driver. She would say goodbye to him every day. All right, guys, bye bye. Take uh-huh. care. See you later. I was like, wow, it's nice. yeah. cool. You're doing that every day God to a whole kids. bunch of kids. Okay. <laughs> I hate God these little kids. bastards. Well, our bus driver, the Elliot kids. <laughs> our bus driver, our bus driver was Butch. Yeah. That was his name. Oh, I just thought you meant a manly just, woman. He didn't, he didn't smile. He didn't say hi. He, he wasn't mean. Would he acknowledge you? No, I mean, he wasn't mean or anything. No, he would just sit there, and you'd get on the bus, and then he'd drop you back off. Well, okay. But at a certain point, weren't you Butch. in your teacher's car? At that, <sighs> I'll pick hey. you up at eight, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Baby. It's kind of funny. funny. We're a schoolgirl outfit. Oh, you are a schoolgirl. I'm in my outfit. I know. Daddy likey. Ew, that's disgusting. You're a disgusting man. Uh, Let me go to Karen. Hey, Karen, how you doing? Hi, I just wanted to let you know I love you guys. Oh, thank you. I just want to let you know, I went to school in Roxborough. I went to Saul Agricultural High School, so oh, it was nice. a farm school. Yeah. But I lived in Northeast Philly, and we had to get a chartered SEPTA bus at Bridge and Pratt Terminal. We would all get on this bus, and we had the same bus driver every day. He could only pick up students and went to the farm school. We played Led Zeppelin on a radio, the old boombox, up at the front of the bus by the microphone, and yeah. he would let us play it throughout the bus. He let us celebrate Freshman Day on the bus where we hung from our agricultural boots by our strings. <laughs> By the rails where you would hold. We never had to sit down on the bus. We had grain alcohol oh with cherries dipped in it on near Christmas, which he shared in as we drove on this bus every day for four years to Saul Agricultural High School. And didn't he, didn't he sell some of uh, for some of you guys to Japanese businessmen? <laughs> God. His name was Buck, and I'm telling you, if you made it to the back of the bus, you made it. It was awesome. It so was this, a was a, this was a SEPTA bus? This was a SEPTA bus that yeah. was chartered by yeah. our school. In our, in our, uh, in our neighborhood, the, uh, for the high school, the high school students all take the regular SEPTA buses. They don't take Karen, school buses. how old are you? I am 48 now. Okay, all right. I was going to say the grand alcohol thing. I had to go, I'm, I'm like, let's back it up a couple steps here. Right. Because 1985. 
drive. Okay. It was a different time. It was more acceptable. Yes. I was sort of expected that your bus driver would provide you with grain alcohol. All right. We, we provided him with it, actually. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. right. And then I'll reciprocate with some heroin. All right. Exactly. But it was a great time. And I just want to tell you guys, I love your show. And Thank you. Every day. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, Karen. We appreciate it. Calling call from yeah. rehab right now. Yeah, yeah. I had, my my buddy Ben got chased down the street by uh, our bus driver one time. It was on the last day of school, and he t- he steps off the bus and he lights a pack of firecrackers no. and threw it in. Oh. Tried to throw it into the bus. They didn't God. make it into the bus, but dude ran after him and grabbed his ass and by the shirt collar dragged yeah. him dragged him back to the bus. I don't remember him putting him back on the bus or him getting in any real trouble, but I think he threatened him pretty good. Well, as as we've heard a, f- a few of the people uh, say, if if you're if you've got a bad route and you have, you know, kids that are trouble, it could be nightmarish press. Mm-hmm. I I could see you just because oh, yeah. they're they're they so you you're with them for a half hour maybe forty five minutes. I don't know how long the average bus trip takes in the morning, so I'm sure. I know the kids on the buses that I I would be on occasionally felt a little more emboldened by the fact that there was just a short amount of time of exposure yeah. and they could get away with murder. Yeah. Oh, so man. I learned so many things on the bus. <laughs> oh, I, I, oh, I there's a lot a lot of the sex a lot of the sex chat yeah. that was informative took right. place not on the school playground on the bus. I clearly remembering what the word screw meant. Yeah. Uh-huh. Or uh, suck on the bus. I, the I remember the learned- school bus. And don't say yeah. which was yeah. bus driver. No. Now, now, Nick, a little tighter. <laughs> oh no, but you know who? God. Stop it. You know who got it? Was uh, Underwater City guy. Underwater uh, City? Oh, yeah. my God. And he got it from this really hot Asian girl. And, well, can and you like, believe him, though, from a guy who lives well, in an underwater city where yeah, hot dogs are forbidden? Because we were all gathered around uh, the, the back seat. Yeah, it was pretty evident as I what was happening. <laughs> to not touch another man's girlfriend. On the bus, that was a, an interesting lesson. Was that this I a school bus? It was on a school bus. What, what do tell? Oh, freshman year. I, you know what? We we were fine. We were just experimenting. You know. Yeah. But it was his girlfriend. I, I didn't know. I didn't uh, know that she belonged to somebody else until he touching my woman. He was a public school guy who showed up at my house. Oh, yeah. uh, about an hour after I got home. And oh, I was really? like, okay, so he wasn't on the bus. No. Went by no. the name of Fonzie. And she didn't tell on me either. Her friend did. <gasps> Her friend was like, oh, you know, Casey was. Uh, I'm like, oh, okay, and so I get it's so. You funny. think you're so cool because you're on the dive team? Did you? <laughs> I was in the jumpers club. Too. Yeah. Did yeah. you? Did you touch her inappropriately? We, like grab her hiney or something like that? Something along was, those was lines. Was it at? Was it at hiney. her? Yeah. At her request. <laughs> hiney on the bus. Ew. Yeah. So anyhow, um, it wasn't unwanted. Like it wasn't unwanted. You it weren't. Wasn't, you weren't molesting. I wasn't her. molesting. Right. Her. Right. No. It was no, you we guys. Were, you were exploring. It was young. Learning about each other. Yeah. You air know? supply was on the radio. But I'll t- I was terrified because guy shows up to my door with his brother. And I remember you telling this story. And he pulled. And he was a badass, right? He was a badass. Yeah. Did you make yeah. out with my brother? Oh my god! And his brother was like his mother because this guy was older than me, right? So he probably shouldn't have been beating me up. So he got his brother there to like intimidate uh. me and gave me like one of those like you know slap me on the side of the face like hey buddy. And I was like oh my gosh, oh my god, I'm going to get beaten up. But it wasn't. It wasn't. It was a mob hit, Steve. They took me out of my house, brought me around the corner. A mob hit. <laughs> yeah. It, it wasn't your fault your- though, right? I mean, you you had. Did you know this girl had a boyfriend? Oh, did you kind of deserve it? <laughs> oh, man. You know, it was, I mean, this is 1989. Yeah. It was a long time ago. It was the year that Taylor Swift was born. Yeah. Um, Go ahead. Let it out. I, I want to say that maybe I knew that uh, 
She was dating Fonzie? <laughs> she was dating. Was she an O'Hara girl? She was an O'Hara girl. And yeah. her boyfriend was a, a public school guy. Yeah. That, I think that's on her. Yeah, right? Well, it's, but it's never going to be the case. But it's, when I found he's, out he's, that... They're going to target the guy who is macking on the girlfriend. Uh-huh. And, and so you got it. You're just lucky you got away with a little face tap. Oh, my God. Because I could have gotten my ass. I mean, I could have gotten killed. <laughs> I'm sorry. There's a, read, can't there's a text that I can't even read about uh, finger and whatnot. All right, hang on. Let me go to um, I have Justin. Hey, Justin, how you doing? Hey, Gary Lauer here. How are you? <laughs> oh, Gary Lauer. Oh, He's doing Gary Lauer. Very good. Not what's, too bad. What's up, Justin? Hey, guys. Um, so back in the mid-'90s when I was in grade school, uh, we had a substitute bus driver who took over a route for us. And one day we were on our way back, and kids would just give this guy a, a really, really bad, a hard time. And he pulled the bus over on the side of the road and was like, I'm not moving this until you guys all behave. Well, everybody thought it was funny, so we kept going and going. We sat on the side of the road for four hours, and a police officer finally came. Here this guy had lost his job and was trying to find work at doing things and just had a nervous breakdown. Wow. Out. So uh, yeah. obviously, I assume there were frightened parents involved. Oh, yeah. No, my mom wanted to kill him. There was like a big thing at the school board and everything. It was a pretty intense situation in, in my town. There was... Are you texting with the Three Stooges? <laughs> what was that? So one of our so listeners, oh, okay. you're, you're supposed to give your phones to okay, the yeah. basket when you <laughs> get All right, anyhow, back to the subject at hand. I, had, uh, I saw a story not that long ago where a woman, a bus driver with kids on the bus, quit in the middle of her route. Just oh. walked off the bus. She didn't walk off the bus. Okay. She stopped... She called the the bus company, whoever she worked for, and said, "Send a replacement driver. I'm done. Yeah, I'm, I'm out of here. Wow. I'm finished." So she she followed the proper protocol, but she quit in the middle of her route. Well, think of the guff that a substitute teacher takes. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, and then you know, like a substitute bus driver. Oh, yeah, which is it. merciless. Right. Uh, hang on a second. Let me go to Brian. Hey, Brian, how you doing? Hey. Hey, what's up, Sorry Brian? By the guys at work. It's okay. What do you want to tell us? Well, my mother-in-law is a is a bus driver, and um, their company recently switched. That the school switched companies for the drivers, and they they hired all the existing drivers, but they now require for the for the annual physical, they require them to drag an eighty pound bag from the front of the bus to the back of the bus oh. to prove that they're physically set enough. If okay. they if they need to get a kid from the back and okay. and. Uh... Yeah, I, I assume that's what they're going oh, after. Okay, so I, I yeah, thought exactly. they, in case they needed to get bags of grain off the bus. Oh, <laughs> might be. Maybe yeah, I'm yeah. completely missing the mark on yeah. this. We would always ride to school with bags of wheat. Thank right. you, Brian. Yeah, it's. I, I could see that. Uh, let it me does go, make sense. Let me go next to Mark. Hi, Mark. You're on the air. Good morning. Hey, how you guys doing? Good. What's up, buddy? Okay, good story. Uh, rode a SEPTA school bus, the SEPTA bus for the school, filled yep. with Catholic school kids, went to Catholic high school. We suburbs, and we, me and my friend, smoked pot with the septic driver while we were driving. <laughs> on the way to school. On the way after school. On the after way home. school. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, you're, yeah, you're done. on your way home. He was probably <laughs> getting ready to be done work too. Man, what am I smoking? <laughs> oh yeah. But... This is this is the mid '80s, and he would uh, he would keep the hemostats on his sun visor. <laughs> Where, I'm sorry, what are hemostats? Uh, like, Roach uh, clip. Uh, Roach clip from yeah. the doctor's office. Yeah, yeah. To hold the joint. Oh, my wow. God. And no one picked up on that? 
no, they seen it. Everybody knew it was going on, but nobody said anything. It was uh, mid eighties. Yeah, so, so things listen, were much more lax. If you're a bus, if you're a school bus driver, do you drive? Thanks, Mark. You drive both shifts, the morning and the and the pickup. I assume, correct? Yeah, yeah I so believe what so. What do you do in the interim? It's like we're going to split shift. You know? Yeah, uh, I'm not sure. Maybe there are some that do. Uh, well, here here's part of what goes on, Steve. There's uh, obviously there's going to be a break in the middle, but I think we have the same bus driver as. Um, elementary school and middle school. So those are different times. Uh, the, the school doesn't start at the same time. But there's got to be doesn't end at the same like time. a middle-of-the-day, four-hour yeah. chunk where there's nothing Maybe. going on. Probably right? only for, for some of them because you figure some schools still have uh, half-day kindergarten, so that yep. they then have to go back to those elementary schools probably after they're done dropping you know, dropping the kids off. And I But think, there's got to be a couple hours of break yeah, there's in there be somewhere. I think that would be, uh, that'd be, it'd be boring, you know? I Possibly. Mean, yeah, and split shift is tough, too, horrible. in and of itself. I had to, to take the sports bus home when I was in middle school, and there were only three buses that ran... Uh, from school, so they would go all over the school district, and I was literally the last to be dropped off wow. at the sports bus. So was, Why? Could you play field hockey? Yeah, yeah. It was, and it was, <laughs> I, was, well, I didn't play. So the much other as girls coach. left, Nick. Yeah, um, they needed a mascot. You're a manly looking, looking young lady. <laughs> no, I played soccer, oh. and uh, so it was an hour and fifteen minutes every oh, night getting home. I had, just like it's I so hated exhausting. the sports bus. It the was so late. Sucked so bad. The uh, I didn't have the sports bus, but they what uh, we did have is we our school district was so large uh, that I had the same situations about an hour, hour and 15 minutes before I'd get on the bus by the time I was dropped off at the home because I was at the outer, outer edge Which, of the district. And you run out of people to talk to because they're getting that, off yeah. as you go and like you, you take a nap and that passes a half hour. Do you ever miss your stop oh, uh, sure. on the way home? Yeah, yeah. And then... You're stuck? Actually, no, I was fortunate because uh, it would loop around and then come back past our house. So oh, okay. It happened a few times, and I was able to, yeah, they looped around. No, I, rem- I remember one time I, I stayed on too long, or or maybe I got on the wrong bus. I, I think I had gotten on the wrong bus one time, and I'm telling the guy, I'm like, oh, I, I don't live here. I don't, <laughs> what you know, do what and then, event, and, and they're going, man, well, I got to do this other thing. You know, I don't know if I have, what you, we're going to take it back to the school no, but eventually I talked the guy into going and dropping me off in the front of my neighborhood. But that was pretty scary. Was this in your uh, running away days? No, 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 no. That was a little bit later on. I did one time, and this was kindergarten, uh, and we did not live within walking distance of the school, but I decided I would walk home from school one day. Unbeknownst. <laughs> and I just left with yeah. the walkers, and I wanted to go because the walkers got out early. Yes, yeah, they yeah. were the first They missed. called the walkers first. And so I'm like, I'm, I'm walking home today. I'm going home. I'm walking. These guys got a great deal. They get out early. <laughs> well, it took me like an hour to walk home. I can't believe you found My parents are Livid. freaking out because, they, you know, the bus comes and Preston's not on it. <laughs> uh, I eventually did make it to the house, but it was just another one of those. I was like that. Did you get your ass kicked? I was a wanderer, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I probably did. I don't remember that particular ass kicking, but I'm sure I did. Uh, I was a stupid kid, man. Well, anyhow, uh, well, it's good to that know. Wasn't the one where he ended up getting a ride home by the guy in the motorcycle. No, that was that was before I was in kindergarten. I think. <laughs> What's your name, little fella? Yeah, I hitchhiked a ride on a freaking motorcycle, yeah. man. Yeah. yeah. All right. Anyhow, um, so the is it what is this case? This is the automated message uh, to the parents of the uh, of the school. Oh, St. Helena. Mm-hmm. Okay, because there was a bus crash uh, crash into a house in uh, Bluebell, and there are no injuries, from what I understand, reported. But this was the message that was sent out. Helena School is sending you an important message. 
We have just been notified by Whitpain Police that West Sahican Bus 161 was involved in an accident. There were 12 students on the bus. All are fine. We will send out an update as soon as we get more information. To T-H-A-N-K-U-S-R. Cat. What? Sorry, we have to move on. Yeah, I don't like the robot update. voice. No. Yeah. yeah, I don't like the robot voice. I think if you're talking about a, a bus crash, you should have a human being. Twelve uh, humans were injured. Right. <laughs> but apparently, no, nobody was injured. No, no one was injured. Apparently. Everyone's that's, good. That's the case. And it, it didn't, I mean, it, though it, it, it it's into the house a, a bit, it, it doesn't look like it was going 80 miles an hour. No, but it was like uh, a third of it is inside the house. I'm that's looking nuts. at the street. I don't know how they could have. I don't know they, how they, they ended up. Made that yeah, there's no yeah. tracks across the lawn, are there? No. I'm, I'm interested like it, in... It's uh, a hover bus. Maybe, maybe it backed through the other part of the house. <laughs> <laughs> I'm interested in finding it out what happened. It came in the other way. Okay. All right, uh, we got to take a break. We will be back in just a moment, all right? Love MMR? Buy some gear. Check out The Rock Shop at WMMR.com. You want to win an autographed Eagles jersey, an ultimate tailgating package, 2022 Eagles season tickets, or just good old cash? You could win when you enter Acme Swoop In and win sweepstakes. All you have to do is shop the participating items throughout the store and enter your codes from your receipt at acmeswoopinandwin.com for your chance to be the next big winner. Acme makes sure Eagles fans have all their game day needs to tailgate or host like a pro. Stop in and discover why football is better at Acme, the official supermarket of the Philadelphia Eagles and MMR's Preston and Steve Show. Want to see something funny? Uh, or maybe really messed up? Well, watch The Daily Rush at PrestonandSteve.com. It's a sight to behold. Or something like that. From 93.3 WMMR. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Our next guests in the studio, set up and ready to perform. Ladies and gentlemen, they've had their ninth album out. Wow. Uh, it is called See What You Started by Continuing. Please welcome from Collective Soul, Ed Roland and Jesse Triplett. Yeah. 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 And welcome back to Philly, man. Thanks for having us, bro. Yeah, anytime. Absolutely. We're, we're glad to do it. And, you know, I, was, I played the song this, and, like, the second that we first had it on air on MMR, I'm like, there they go again. There goes, <laughs> there goes Ed writing another hooky tune again, grabbing me right off the bat. And I mean, how much I have to wonder because songwriters, um, you know, writing a song that's going to catch and it's going to resonate with their audience, one that you're going to sing along with, it's going to be stuck in your head. Um, it's is an, an art to it. It's a science to it. It doesn't just happen. So I, I'm wondering how many songs do you have laying around that never see the light of the day because uh, you you just have to before you find that one that's like that's the one that's going to do it. You know. Let me get my iPhone out real quick. <laughs> yeah, take a look. <laughs> I don't know. It's just what I do. Wake up and write. I, not a guitar player. I'm horrible. I just like writing songs. That's just part of daily routine. And I'm not disciplined at all. I don't wake up, have a cup of coffee, kiss the wife off to work, and write songs. I can't do that. It just happens when it happens. Everybody seems to have their own formula, right? Or right. Yeah. Yeah. And Jesse lives in Nashville, and I went to Nashville a couple of times to try to write. And then they do do that. They get up, have coffee, breakfast. And if you don't have it done in two hours... They forget about it, which is, it's an art form in itself that way, but I am just not that dude. <laughs> you know, it's, I forget who we were talking to, Preston, but but uh, talking about, you know, the, oh, it, it seems so simple. It, it is such a difficulty, that that hook, you know, the great songwriters, you, the people who are dismissive of something, I, almost if something's catchy, they get dismissive of it. It's like, you know, but that's that to me is, 
that's lightning in a bottle, you know. And do you, when you get it, do you know? Do you know right away? This is it. I got it. Sometimes the only song uh, like this, the guys love the riff, and I didn't really have know where I was going, so we record it, and then I kind of go work hard to get the melody. The only song I've ever had problem with the band was December. They told me that was the most boring piece of crap they'd ever heard. And wow. I like, nah, I'm going to fight you on that one. Yeah, and yeah. It was a huge hit. Yeah, it kind of worked out in my favor. Yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> are, are, you, are you reticent to, to fight like that, or is that, is that a common... Uh, you know, obviously in the band, of course I am. <laughs> 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 no, but they, everybody wants the best. They yeah. push me, you know, and, and they've become uh, songwriters, also really good songwriters, but in, early on it was my responsibility to, to write and it, it kind of came what Collective Soul is known for the way I write and um but they have no problem telling me I suck okay. well, that's, but that's you know it's all a, a collaborative means Co to an correct. end and, right. and once again and Jesse knows this uh, first when I get a song first person I go to is my brother because I know he will be the one that goes Nope. Yeah, yeah. Or he'll go, man. That's cool. Let's let's go. You went to the the Berkeley School of Music, and I always have this impression of of uh, that as like like the, as depicted in Fame, with everyone walking around with their instruments and <laughs> very artsy. I'm sure it's much different than that. What, what what is that place like? Because that has yielded some of the finest musicians in the world. Uh, it it has. Um, I went in the early '80s, so it was a bunch of long haired hippie dudes. <laughs> okay, just shredding. And yeah. I wasn't one of those guys, and I just wanted to be a songwriter. And I ran into a mailman one day. I, this is a true story. And just being a southern boy from a small town, I, anybody that said, hey, I'd go, hey, and we started talking. He said, what are you doing? I said, I'm in Berkeley. He goes, what do you want to do? I said, I want to be a songwriter. And he goes, you think they can teach you that? I'm like, I don't know. He goes, no, go out and live. Go travel. Go do stuff. Figure it out. So I quit Berkeley. <laughs> you know, no. to the mailman. And it Not, worked. What, what was, cheers, uh, Cliff? Oh, my songwriting skills to Cliff. <laughs> <laughs> no, that makes sense, man, because a place like that uh, is filled with amazing technical players. I mean, Correct. people just, I mean, it's virtuoso, it's, it's unbelievable, prodigies, you know, yeah. and, and Steely Dan, the guys how, went there. How yeah. is that going to motivate you? You know, you just what you want to be able to write great songs. In the meantime, somebody sitting over there and you're going, oh, I suck. I'm terrible. I can't play. Yeah. It, it did. It woke me up. But, you know, being from a small town, I and I, I wanted to be a musician, uh, and there was nobody in the town that played instruments. So just going there and seeing that, hmm, I'm a lead guitarist, I shall not be. <laughs> but songwriting, you know, the emotional side of it, I felt like I could absorb and try something there. I wanted to, to ask about the title of the album because I wanted to get where you're coming from on this. It's called See What You Started By Continuing. Now, is that... See what you started by continuing, or is it see what you started by continuing? <laughs> I don't know. We just actually, when we got back together to start making the record, we we listened to live recordings of us in the mid '90s, and we were like, "Oh my God, we were rocking." We were. You could feel the urgency. You could you could feel the fun, and we kind of lost that a little bit. And so it was for us to go back in the studio and record live as much as possible, you know, because uh, we recorded in my house. Um, and go back to having fun. You know, we we started this band, as I always say, to to really not have a proper job, to get chicks and have fun. Yeah. Not necessarily in that order, but, you know. <laughs> well, I tell you what, with, with hearing this and playing it on the air, it, it brought me right back to Shine and to Gel. Cool. And, you know, I'm like, there they are, doing it again, yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, cool. was Thank that you. kind of what you were going after? Yeah, and I love the lyrics. I, I love telling the story. My wife hates it. But, like I said, I didn't have the lyrics. And we had a call. We had a two-week run. And the car was to pick us up at 6 in the morning. And um, my wife was, I, I was trying to get myself organized for a two-week run. And 
and um, some body parts kept popping out under the sheets. And she'd go, hey, you want some of this? I'm like, sweetie, I got to go. Like, <laughs> early morning. A few minutes later, hey, sweetie, you want some of this? And be another body part. So I got in the car, and I was like, that's kind of a fun title and a fun subject, you know? Yeah. Flirtation in the rolling bedroom. Right. So that's where the lyrics came, and I wrote it. First time I've ever written in a car. And you said she doesn't She doesn't like it. She hates that She story. hates it. <laughs> I'm an honest man, sweetie. Come on. <laughs> well, we got everything all tuned up and ready to go. We have the Budweiser Studio Cam on, and uh, you guys are ready to play. So Let's do it. What are we going to hear? December. All right, December. In October. Yeah. <laughs> Collect the soul, 93.3 WMMR. Jesse Triplett here from the band on 93.3 WMMR. Uh, Ed, I wanted to ask about, you know, uh, taking 
things out on the road, and, and obviously these songs are your babies, and you know them better than anybody, and you've played them for years and years and years. Uh, are there times when, when you decide, we're going to rework this one, we're going we're gonna to do this a little bit different, or I'm going to go back and listen to the recording that people know it, that have grown up listening to it, and see if we can recreate it that way, or does it... A, a little bit of both, especially okay. with the first CD, because that was, Hints was just a batch of demos I made in the basement over a five-year period, so it truly wasn't a band. We consider the the self-titled second release, the band, it was. So uh, the first song we ever recorded together was Jail. So when we go back and we do Shine, even Shine, you know, we kind of recreate what we were hoping we'd get to record. What's up here? What are you doing? <laughs> Sneaking in here like that. Well, I, I, it's really tough to get up this early. <laughs> You're telling me. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Your bus is outside. I know. Country comfort creature creature well, comfort of yeah, course yeah. of course um so yeah so especially on the first stuff we kind of dug in there a little bit on this run we're doing like uh three i think and then i'm kind of enjoying playing piano now so i'll jump on the piano and it's just fun to yeah. entertain ourselves because we can't have fun with it we can't expect anybody else to if that makes sense and then there's some songs you can't really deviate too far away because it'll it'll get too and that's people th- start throwing things it, we, we talked about this time and time again where we, you know it's 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 two different dynamics you know the you're the artist you've created the music you want to you know live in it and, and experience it and, and and we hear it a certain way and it's like in the concert experience nine times out of ten and i i don't know as an artist if this pains you to hear it you want to hear it the way you heard it on the album you know and that's and I, unless you know sometimes there could be a nice flight of fancy but you're like yeah that's yeah, we don't, like I said, we don't drift too far yeah, away. Yeah. You, you know, Jesse's not going to start rapping the second <laughs> verse. <or something>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That wacky. But I think instrumentation-wise, sometimes it's fun to challenge yourself on, like, doing the sure. piano and then Jesse doing slides. Just just to change it up. Change it up a little bit. Nothing. You're not going to lose the melody. You're not right. going to lose the core of the song. Hoping that your, en- your enjoyment channels through to Correct. the audience. Yeah, I Correct. got you. Yeah. I love what your band has done over the years as far as being. <clears throat> um, uh, accessible and uh, and also working with uh, with radio. I remember when Shine hit. It was before I was uh, uh, really got a career in radio, or I was just starting a career in radio. And, and just came out of foot modeling. Yeah, you know. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, it was in St. Louis, and you guys did a free show. Ah, and you had this huge hit, and you did this free show, and it was massive. It was um, fun. People got hurt. I can remember that. Really? Yeah, and it's kind of a fun story because <laughs> I went over to m- to make sure everybody was okay because you know we were. We're southern men, gentlemen, you know. Yeah. And there was this really pretty girl, and I, she was hurt, and I got her number, made sure she was okay for the next couple of months. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to require a lot of injections. I know. It required a lot of my attention. <laughs> well, Pierre's- I do remember that show, because I did, I did meet a young lady there for a couple of months. <laughs> Interesting. Do you remember her name? I might have known her. No. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. Dated her. Uh, well, Years ago there, young man. The PR did come in, and I, and I bring that up because of the relationship with, with, with radio and with this radio station uh, as well. And, and uh, Pierre, you've gotten to know Ed and the guys. Uh, well, God, they've done archive sessions for us before. They've done spring break concerts for us. Uh, we've had a, a long-time friendship with you guys. And Hell, we hung out in Vegas one night. You I just think- showed up out of the middle. I'm in the middle of the show, and I'm like... I went over to Dean. I was like, is that Pierre? <laughs> we're in Vegas. You know, you're kind of confused. I'm like, where exactly? Are we in Vegas? <laughs> so I stopped the show and I was like, Pierre. I came so to I Vegas said, get to back see here. you. I know. I was like, get back here. We hung out all night. <laughs> we had, we had fun times. quite a lot on the bus until I, I was with you until the bus took off, in fact. <laughs> Did we leave you? 
Yes. Okay. Sorry about that. It was all right. I had Oil a slot machine. You. you were doing two shows a night at the Sands, right, Pierre? <laughs> <laughs> I was opening for Sinatra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to ask you guys about the the record because obviously you're Georgia boys, but this is clearly not Georgia. On the cover, uh, yeah. it's a great shot of uh, of you guys out in a desert somewhere and the That's interior. A, the flats, salt flats. Ah, Bonnie Little Salt Flats. Okay. Yeah. Cool. How long take to get those shots? Uh, we're kind of quick. Um, Ten minutes, huh. and we had the car, and so we were more interested in driving around in the flats as fast as we could, and a minivan <laughs> would allow. How fast did you get up to? <laughs> we got to a top speed of 86. Oh, wow. The tires caught on fire. Yeah, that's where they, they test all the rocket cars yeah. and all the, uh, yeah, that's it. You know, you guys, uh, Preston and Steve were talking about albums that you can listen through all the way from the beginning to end. In the true sense of an album, you mentioned ACDC's Back in Black recently. But I was, I've been listening to this record, and it's one of those kind of records. For all the same reasons you were talking about earlier, Ed has this ability to write one song after the other after the other. You know, And from this, which is the song that you played, uh, Into Hurricane, Exposed, Confession, and Are You the Answer, number five, is just brilliant. Thank it's you. So, it's so cool. Thank you. Know, you. But it's one song after the other, and... Jesse, your guitar playing on uh, "Without Me" at the end, that those riffs at the end. I mean, it, Jesse's killing it, man. He what, really a, is. what a great addition! And came in and kicked us in the ass. But man. this is one of those kind of records you can listen to, you know, from beginning to end. And I still believe in the album. I and, do too. That's the era I grew up in. You know, I well, never you, wanted to see. You have them. a deal with Walmart with this, um, mm -hmm. because uh, what I was reading is that you and some bands have done this, have gone in and uh, re-recorded some of your greatest hits correct and the reason being i understand is so that you own them so that the previous record companies don't own them but i gotta think how bizarre that is um to go in and re-record and try to match it as close as you can to what it was a song that you recorded 20 years ago it was torture torture it, it, because you you do have to once again now that yeah. you did have to go back and kind of match as close as you can and, you know, your singing style changes, your voice, you know, the wonderful upkeep of my lifestyle over the last 20 <laughs> yeah, years sure. made my voice just stay the same. <laughs> and, you know, it, it was uh, uh, Sean Grove, who lives in the Philly area. He's our engineer, producer, mixer. I mean, line after line, you just go, nope, nope. And you, you'd hear the original and go, God, I don't know if I can... First off, why did I sound like that in the first place? <laughs> Second, how am I going to do that again? Oh, mm -hmm. I mean, no matter what, even if there are, you know, uh, ways that they can trick it and make it sound as as it did before, it still has to be arduous. Now you tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> I assume still it's got, it, it must make you hate the material well, at a certain It also point. made me realize, we were talking earlier, like, over the years, sometimes you start changing the melodies just a little bit. Yeah. You didn't realize... Um, just the minor details, and you've gotten so used to it, you can't even hear it. So just, I had to sit there and listen over. And the last thing I want to do is listen to these <laughs> songs over and over again to, to get the phrasing and the the melody. Just to, you know, do they do they become like uh, you know in a bizarre way? Do the songs become like you know they're 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 almost living entities because they they afford you your livelihood in a way. You know what I'm saying? They, yeah, and they are especially when we play live. Like there is. Nothing greater. Once again, people ask me, do I ever get tired of playing Shine? I'm like, no. It's the most wonderful thing on stage to play it because it takes a different energy every night with the crowd. Right. But when I go home, do I pop Collective Soul and Spotify? <laughs> yeah. No. no yeah. <laughs> you know what? Like, uh, you're, obviously, your, your life uh, changes o over the years, so therefore the lyrics and what they mean to you change over the years. Uh, do you... 
Are, are there any lyrics in your songs that you sort of change up just because um, you don't feel that way anymore? You don't feel that way no, anymore, or no, that's, that's a great question. No, I actually, especially when we play them live, there's nights where I can relive what I was going through emotionally uh, when I wrote those songs. It's weird. I can get senses of the smell where, like, if I was near the beach or we're recording in Miami, I can sense that. So a, I don't change that. I a just, mnemonic sort of uh, thing going on. Yeah, yeah. I'm, just, I'm just channeling up on stage. Yeah. <laughs> you thinking about banging that chick back in St. Louis? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You are Here's hurt. the song, yeah. Jail. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's another southern band that I that I really like called the Avett Brothers. And, uh, oh, yeah. And they have a song called Murdered in the City. And those lyrics have changed because... At the end of the song, he's talking about family members, but some family members have joined us, you know, since the song was first written. So now he, he includes, instead of, like, you know, mother and sister, it's about his kids and stuff like that. So oh, that's, that's cool. sort of where that, that question was derived. That's a, that's, mm-hmm. that's a cool question. I like that. Do you ever look back at lyrics that you wrote when you were in your 20s thinking, um, I thought these were so profound when I was 24, and look at them now, and you're like, what the <laughs> hell was I thinking? Quite often. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny you should say that, because we had these gentlemen in the studio who, um, they're all right, from, a, from a Disney show, and his problem right now is that he just doesn't feel like he's being taken seriously because he's young and he's 21 and he comes from the Disney camp. And I said to him, I said, you know, do you know how old the doors were when, you know, when, when they first hit? They were 21. 11. So, yeah, no, no, but... <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I don't know why it is, but uh, you know, some th- we all took, oh, at least I did, all took the Doors seriously, and and I'm 40 now, and the songs that I love from the Doors were written when they were kids, right? You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I guess, but that's having the career that we've had, which we're very blessed. It's kind of fun to look and you kind of go, oh yeah, that's that's what I felt like then, and mm-hmm. y- you know. You know, you, and you grow, like, you know, marriage brings in new songs. Having children brings in new ideas to songs. So. Right. It's all part of a process, too. I mean, it, it, everything that happened make, is, makes you who you are. Right. So yeah. there's, there's nothing, no sense of embarrassment. I mean, maybe, okay, I mean, it was, you know, you're younger and you say, okay, that was a different mindset. But that all needed to be that way. Right. I, I never look back on embarrassment. I look at it, if anything, just a learning curve. Right, you know, right, yeah. To figure out. The songwriting style and the vocals, everything. So, yeah. uh, like you said, they're talking about the Doors. They're kids. I mean, how in the world do you <laughs> even crazy. know what you are at that age? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, well, if you got a chance, we'd love to play another song or have you play another song. But that's cool. To. Excellent, right, Pierre. This one's for you. Then, All right, here we go. <laughs> brought it's it up. Collective Soul on MMR. Circle back to 
see what I can find. This whole 93.3 WMMR. That is a beautiful song. That's a Thanks, new dude. one. It's yeah. a great song. Thanks, great bro. Song. Absolutely. Thanks. Yeah, I was going to ask you about um, the record because uh, I understand it's going to come out on vinyl. Yes, we were told it was coming out on day of release. <laughs> it is, um, and, and that's all I asked for in this new deal. I was like, I don't, whatever, points, my, I don't, I want it on vinyl because I collect vinyl, and, and that's one of the ways. I have a 17-year-old son, and that's one of our connecting points. We go to the record store, and he turns me on to what he's listening to, and I'll I'll go back to what Dad grew up on, and it's a good connecting thing. Getting to my point, they messed up, so it's going to be another three, four months before it's on vinyl, but i got to have vinyl. We've only had one ever on vinyl, and it was Voice Discipline, discipline break. Breakdown. And I went online, and it was $300. I'm like, oh, dude, to buy your own friggin' give album. me a family discount. It's mine. <laughs> <laughs> and we do, a, uh, we do a vinyl feature every day on my show, so we uh, play it every day. And, uh, you know, I think it's the three-dimensional nature of the record, you know, the whole experience of sitting there with it and the turntable and putting the needle on the record. There's something magical about it. Jesse, can you up in a what's well, my son's room, but he splits time. But when he's gone, it becomes daddy's room, and it's vinyl everywhere. And it's my wife will come home. She's like, "Oh my god!" Because there's just records thrown everywhere. You know, <laughs> and once again, it makes you you put that needle down, and you got to walk. You got to walk what you got to listen to it. You know what I'm saying? It's not quick turn, so it makes you listen to the whole. I go back to the whole record. I just enjoy well, the whole experience. When uh, when um, we first switched to CDs. I remember playing Jungle Land from Bruce Springsteen, and we had just gotten two CD machines in the studio. We still had the turntables, and I go, well, which one is playing and which one isn't? And I, <laughs> I pressed it, and I, I pressed in the middle of Jungle Land, which in Philadelphia is equivalent to being run out of town. <laughs> yeah. you know? And I go, oh, blank, but it wasn't blank. And, and with, I, I mentioned that because if it was a record, you could just put the, t- the needle right needle, back right. down in the same spot, right. <laughs> you know, and going, what the F do I do? But you know, you know, it was a negative, and I mean this in a, in a heartwarming way about uh, listening on vinyl is if you put on like a really rocking song and you start jumping around air guitaring, <laughs> it would skip yes. and then you'd have to start from the very beginning yeah. all over again because you can't well, rock out to the middle of a song. You got to go for the whole you thing. put foam yeah. under it. Like yeah. you put yeah. foam under the... Uh, uh, under the record player, and that oh, keeps I rock it. out, dude. I'm not afraid. Of it. <laughs> I I that, put the Fitbit on and get up there and dance a little bit to my yeah. vinyl. <laughs> How many vinyl albums do you think you have? I don't know. Because you have to put 2, those 000. in alphabetical order. Two thousand? Right? No, I don't. I'm all over the place with it. I'm just, I just go through and I go. God, I forgot about that, and it's so inspiring to me. Yeah. 
Uh, so, no, I'm not alphabetical order. I try to keep the bands together, and somehow I'll know where they are. So That's the better method. Hey. Is there one particular that's a collector's item or one album that stands above the rest in importance to you? Besides right now, own- James Gang. Uh, ah, we nice. listened to the other day that we're we've we're all big Joe Walsh fans. He was just in town two nights ago. Yeah. Was he? Did you guys see it? Was it cool? I missed it, unfortunately. Uh, but he's such a character. He's man, so I got to meet him, and it was fun. My son at the time was my youngest was four. We played Ringo Starr's birthday party. The other band, Jesse and I, and Sweet Tea. It's like this is the coolest thing ever. And my son's kind of a he's a character. I think he was four. And to watch him and Joe sit over there and make faces at each other, it was like, <laughs> they they were kids. They were just right, having yeah. a blast. I'm like, I want to make a face with Joe. <laughs> 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 you've, you've had such a great uh, such a great and colorful life. I mean, I think your first show was Johnny Cash. And yep. so, uh, soon on uh, in your concert going career, you saw Elton John. And then coming full cycle uh, among the many people that you've gotten to hang with is Elton. And uh, you live in Atlanta, and he lives at least portion portion of the time in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. He played on at least one or two records. Mm-hmm. Have you seen him lately? What's he up to? I haven't. We've been on the road. He was in Atlanta and called, and he's touring. You know, he just keeps on touring. So he called, and we, I wasn't there. He did the Music Midtown this year in Atlanta, which was big. But, um, you know, putting a record out, getting a record together, both of us are busy. Hopefully, we'll catch. I was trying to get out to Vegas to see him, and I couldn't do that. So, do you ever have you ever played on stage with him? No, that would be awesome. I'm not that good of friends with him yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, another, well, I am. I think I am. Uh, but he, the yeah, majority, knew it. An- another Skew. big name. Somebody was texting. I totally forgot about this, but uh, Dolly Parton covered you guys right. years yeah. ago. Did you forge a relationship with her? I assume I, I didn't. I, no. We talked on the phone, and I sent her flowers. Done everything. Uh, once again, it's it's. It's tough. The yeah, schedules don't allow that. She's the but real deal. She, she, she was she's so sweet. Yeah. She was just so sweet and so kind. Words. But, uh, oh, trust me, I sent letters, love letters, <laughs> flowers. <laughs> and my brother Dean, seriously, since he was a kid, had a crush on Dolly. So yeah. he was the one really trying to work his way in there. <laughs> like, Dude, sit down. Try yeah. <laughs> I mean, she said, I think if you look in the, the Rolling Stone uh, Encyclopedia of Rock, they she's got... How many? Like, it's like six thousands of songs. Yeah, yeah. she has six thousand uh, uh, songs. That, that's one of the coolest. People ask what's cool. That that's one of the coolest when you have a songwriter like Dolly Parton who doesn't need to cover anybody's songs. Yeah, she's yeah. got just just wonderful songs. The cover was truly one of the rewards of my career. Like it was just so special. I was curious if this was a reward. There was a. Um, <clears throat> Video on uh, YouTube recently of a cat singing along to one of your songs. <laughs> Did you see it? Yeah. For those who haven't, I have audio of it right here. <laughs> it is. It's awesome <laughs> because the video, it's its not it's right edited. The cat you. is yeah, really see, yeah. going along in real time to that. Yeah, that's uh, thats probably how I sounded back then, too. <laughs> I had to actually get it. This is true when I was recording because it was a basement. And just to get the sound that I wanted, there was an empty toilet paper dispenser, and I just put it up to my mouth to come up with, yeah, that's you, Oh, that, that's, yeah? Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So anybody at home, you want to know how to do it? Just empty that toilet paper and put it to your mouth. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like that. So that was that was an effect. You were using a toilet paper. Correct. Wow. I didn't have any effects other than whatever 
<laughs> no, if I'm not going there, I guess I should stop right there. Ed, you'll, you'll do some interesting things with your voice, and this has it as well, and the chorus as well, uh, uh, when it's, you know, I'm going to love you. When you, you kind of, are you getting, Elvis, man. That's yeah. what I was going to say. I totally it's, thought it was an Elvis. It's an Elvis, and then I did my best David Lee Roth impersonation with a whelp, yelp, whatever you want to call it, if you listen to it. The but it's all Elvis, baby. Oh, nice. Excellent. Well, no, it's it's great. I mean, when you're when you're doing that, are you kind of leaning in tight to the mic and kind of <laughs> hips are moving, baby. Yeah, that's baby. right. That's right, man. <laughs> Fried dinner sandwiches. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, make sure you go see these guys live. Pierre, are you going to be? Oh my god, yeah. Yeah, you'll Bad be on that show, right? I never miss them. That's fair. I mean, they're so great in concert, and I'm not saying that because Ed's here. I'm saying it because he paid me earlier. <laughs> um, but uh, they I willed all my vinyl to you. <laughs> <laughs> he did. It's a really nice collection. Um, th- to see them from the moment they take off to the moment the show ends, and it's a long set. And I've been looking at some of the songs you're pulling out, and they're just great. It's so worth going to. I love it. We look forward to it. We love it, dude. And make sure you check out the new album. See what you started by continuing. Officially, just came out uh, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, grab that and and go and see the guys. So, uh, thank you, guys. Collective Soul. Yeah. Thank you all. Both Ed and Jesse here this morning. We're going to break. We're going to come back in a second. Stay right there. Join Nick from the Preston and Steve Show tomorrow from 7 to 9 at Fado, 1500 Locust Street, Center City, for the Bud Light Thursday night kickoff. Enter for a chance to win Eagles LA tickets and a Boston Scott signed football courtesy of Bud Light. WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre Final. Which is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, uh, Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Download the DraftKings app and use code ROCK to get in on the action. We'll begin with this. A large firework exploded inside an apartment building on Friday night. No one was injured in the blast, although 30 of the building's windows were blown out and multiple fire doors were damaged. I mean, this was a big one. A spokesman said the blast rocked the entire building. It's an absolute miracle that no one was injured and, moreover, that we're not fighting a fire right now. What caused it? Uh, More than 80 residents were evacuated. They're trying to figure that out. I mean, it was somebody had a mortar shell and they blew it up. Jesus. Authorities were investigating to determine who or what caused the commercial-grade mortar to go off near a stairwell in the second-story hallway. Tonight's the night. Uh, I'm going to blow up that mortar shell. Yeah, among those... But I don't really want to drive anywhere. Yeah, I'll just do it here. Uh, among those investigating the accident are Sheriff's Office Bomb Squad, the Bureau of Alcohol and Tobacco Firearms and Explosives, and the Aggravated Felonies Unit. So they're not messing around. Yeah. Whoever did this is going to go to jail for a long time. They're going to face some serious charges. So, yeah, I mean, it's a bomb, basically. Yes! A beaver protecting its dam. Attacked two Central Oregon men who fell into a river and got taken to the hospital. Nice beaver. The beaver? No, not a nice beaver. Uh, the men were exploring Thursday night when they climbed onto a beaver dam and got attacked by the animal protecting its turf. Those things can get big, man. They really Damn can. Right. Uh, their injuries are not considered life threatening. One man quickly climbed out of the Deschutes River near Lava Island. And sought to help for uh, sought help for his friend whose clothing got caught on some logs. Oh, it was a beaver. <clears throat> the uh, trapped man <clears throat> managed to get out of the water just as the deputy arrived. Those suckers are huge, yeah. and yep. a lot of times they're disease ridden. Uh, yeah, seed beavers, disease ridden. Yeah, yeah, diseased ridden beavers. beavers. Yes. Oh, they're the worst kind. 
An Alabama teenager was arrested Thursday after he followed through on a bizarre threat to kill his mother's chickens unless she mended the relationship between him and his girlfriend. Okay, so if she helped work on the relationship, the chickens would live. Yep. If not, they would die. Yep. Hayden Smith, who was 18, was arrested and charged with domestic violence, the uh, third degree, and criminal mischief. Deputies say the situation started when Smith texted his mother threatening to kill one of her chickens every 15 minutes until she contacted his girlfriend's parents and attempted to med... I can't believe you. Put one of the chickens on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> Lola? Is that you, Lola? <laughs> he, he threatened to kill one of her chickens every 15 minutes until she contacted his girlfriend's parents and attempted... And uh, attempt to mend their broken relationship. Let the chickens go and I'll let you live. Uh, Smith gave his mother a deadline of noon before he started to kill the chickens. I'll throw out a dead chicken every ten minutes. He also threatened to burn his mother's house down, kill any deputies that arrived on the scene, and kill himself. But he's starting with the chicken. Young love, guys, Yeah. Right? So why, why did the girl want him back again? Uh, Smith then began sending his mother picture messages of eat- kill these chickens, and it's not like you can eat them when you can. Yeah, actually, yeah. So uh, he, he began sending his mother pictures and on uh, text messages of each chicken he killed at 15-minute intervals. He killed six of them. He, six, he went through with it. Six chickens. That's right. Yep. Uh, there's no word on uh, Smith's current relationship status, but we're hoping <laughs> for the best. If anything was going to win her back, it Dead. was that chicken murder. Yeah, yeah. Uh, on Saturday, CNN devoted an entire segment to what it called an ISIS flag <laughs> among a sea of rainbow colors. CNN International's Lucy Pauly described spotting the flag at a gay pride march in London. Uh, she pronounced it to be an attempt to mimic the ISIS flag, the black and white with distinctive lettering. And upon seeing the flag, she reported it to nearby police. She noted, however, that if you look at the flag closely, you'll see it's clearly not Arabic. Uh, Polly is correct that the flag is not Arabic. It is, in fact, not any language. Rather, it consists of crude drawings of sex toys. No, really? That's what it is. Oh, that's so it's funny. all sorts of dildos I and mean, stuff. I mean, they had a graphic on yeah, the yeah. screen and everything. This is an outrage. Yeah. <laughs> Paulie was joined by CNN National Security Analyst Peter Bergen to discuss the matter. During the segment, the camera panned to repeat, uh, in repeatedly on the flag in question. Uh, and you could see clearly that they were sex toys. CNN has not yet commented. That, that would have to be the most <laughs> conflicted group of people, gay members of ISIS. Right. Yeah. What do you do? I mean, we're just trying to get a foothold here. Mm-hmm. A huge snake's big meal in South Africa has turned out to be its last. After the death of a 12-foot-long African rock python, park rangers opened its stomach inside. They found a 30-pound porcupine. Yes. Whoa! Its needle-sharp quills seem to have punctured the snake's digestive tract. And it may have contributed to its death. That'd be like uh, you eating a pincushion. Yeah. Uh, the engorged snake was first spotted by a mountain biker. Visitors showed up to the, at the park to observe the snake. It was still alive. And to speculate what it had eaten, you know, it had a big lump yeah. inside of it. Uh, though the exact cause of death is unknown, spectators and the porcupine may be to blame. Uh, a spokesperson said, with all of the human interaction, this could have caused stress, and the python would then regurgitate the meal up with all the quills causing problems. 
Uh, pythons, which are some of the largest snakes in the world, kill their prey, of course, by constriction. Some species are known to eat animals as large as antelope and deer. Their prey is swallowed whole and may take days or weeks to digest fully. The quills on a porcupine, and they have them over at the um, at the uh, aquarium. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're big. I mean, they're large. Yeah. You know, yeah, big they time. rip you up. Yep. So I, I don't know what you can trust on the internet these days, but I saw a picture last week of. Of this snake that had been eating this guy's sheep, right? Yeah. So the guy puts up an electric fence, and this is the story behind the picture, and he ends up killing the snake with an electric fence, and it is gigantic, and you see its mouth caught on the barbs of the fence, and, I mean, it seems like with his jaws agape, it's probably about two feet, three feet big. I think that's a really old picture. That segment's been around for a while, so... uh, yeah, I think it's legit. Is but, it? But um, is it like the one with the, the black the guy with all the billiard balls in his mouth? It's it's a lot like okay. that. Yeah. All right. Anyhow, that's what I have in the bizarre file for you this morning. Uh, we're going to take a break. We'll be back in a moment. Preston and Steve's Camp Out for Hunger is coming soon, Monday, November 1st at Xfinity Live inside the Wells Fargo Center complex. This difficult year has made it even harder for area families struggling with food insecurity. With the Camp Out Business Challenge, Subaru of America is encouraging area companies to get involved and make a difference. Donate the most food and the Preston and Steve show will be headed to your place of business and do their show live for your employees. Prizes for the Top three business challenge donations, including a live Pierre Robert broadcast from your business and a $20,000 advertising campaign on MMR for your company. It's great team building for your staff and goes a long way to accomplish the Fill Abundance mission. Drive hunger from our communities today and end hunger for good. Go to WMMR.com for complete details on the Subaru Business Challenge with 93.3 WMMR. Putting Philly first. Our next guest in studio uh, on screen, he is uh, a man of few words, but he's the biggest thing in Westeros that you will find. In real life, he is Europe's strongest man. He is the world's strongest Viking, and he is going to be at the Philadelphia uh, Ren Fair. Please welcome, you know him as the Mountain from Game of Thrones, Hapthor Julius Bjornsson. Good morning, Hapthor. Good morning. Am I getting that right? Hapthor. Hapthor Julius Bjornsson, yes, correct. Hapthor Julius, okay. Julius, Julius is my middle, middle, middle name. Yeah. Sometimes it it's gets uh, forgotten, but, you know, that's okay. Okay. Yeah. And you're originally from Iceland. That's correct, yeah. And is that where you still reside now, or have you since moved away from there? I'm still in Iceland, Uh it's uh, yeah, I'm still there, still live live there. But you know, I'm uh, I travel a lot around the world. I'm always on the road. So you were in the strongest man competition last year in Los Angeles, correct? I was uh, at in Malaysia, Kuala Lumpur, competing okay. at the world strongest man competition just uh, a few weeks ago. Just a few weeks ago, okay. Yes. So that and you divide your time. Obviously, Game of Thrones is 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 just a, a world phenomenon. And, uh, and and you're you're a part of that. But I was watching a documentary about Iceland last night and about the world's strongest men. And they they make the point that basically this area generates more competitive strong men than any other place in the world. And 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 so I mean, and that's you know you would you could testify to that fact, correct? Yes, yes, of course. I mean, we are only three hundred thousand people who lives there. It's a it's a small sure country, but you know. Uh, we have won the title more than any other country 
And eight times. That's, eight times. That's incredible. And uh, soon, hopefully, it will be ninth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they showed a gym in this documentary. Is it uh, Yakova or something like that? Uh, Yagabol, yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's uh, there. Everybody in there, Preston, is the size of a bus, yeah. and and they're all. Um, but th- th- this is, it's a fascinating sport because it's just you're you're challenging yourself constantly. And what, what do you think it is about Iceland and the area that generates? Just obviously the genetics are there, but what else? What about the spirit of the people? Uh, well, I always say. Uh, it's something in the water, I guess. Yeah. You're so yeah. clean and good water. Yeah. Right, right. And Glacial it, water. Yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and it's just we are hard workers, always worked, worked very, very, very hard. And uh, Vikings, of course, it's uh, in our blood to be strong. Uh, and, and you know, we are we are the strongest people, I say it always. And, and also we, we have the most beautiful women's. Oh yeah, yeah. No, we, we would agree with that too. Yeah. I'm yeah. just wondering, can you take a punch too, or are you just strong? I'm strong, you know, but you know, uh, I have taken a few punches, but I don't. What like jackass it. hit he you? Doesn't... What jackass hit you? Yeah. <laughs> well, just in the ring with my with my with my with my friends. Okay. I have, I have few few friends at home who was you know uh, doing boxing or MMA or some kind okay. of. And, and you know they 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 like to challenge me a lot to get to the ring. And you know, <laughs> how do you do? How do you do in, in the ring? Because I was uh, wondering about it, it, with MMA. Does that interest you at all? No, it does not. Actually, uh-huh. not at the moment. Right now, I'm just focusing on uh, my career in uh, strongman. You, you uh, did play professional basketball in Iceland for a couple of years, did you not? I did, yes. Which did. amazes me. Of your size, you, you obviously have velocity, too, if you could play competitive basketball at that level. Well, when I played, I was around uh, 200 pounds lighter. <laughs> so <laughs> You had it. Oh, my. So you packed on 200 pounds of muscle plus? Yeah. Jesus. That, yeah. What do you weigh right now? Right now, I weigh probably around 400 pounds. 400 pounds. And how tall are you? 6'9", uh, around 6'9". Yeah, right I've now. read that your caloric intake on a daily basis is around 8,000 calories. 8 to 10,000 calories. 8 oh, to 10,000 calories. Mine's cal- about 2,100. That's amazing. It's <laughs> incredible. Wow, we're looking at a picture of Half Thor when he played basketball. That is, that's another person. That doesn't even yeah, look like is. you. That's amazing. Yeah, you're actually slim in that. Yeah, <laughs> look at that. In six nine, I could understand why he'd be a basketball player. It was an ankle injury, or a, uh, that, uh, yeah. that. Yeah, ankle. In, uh, well, I broke my ankle twice. I had twice. to have uh, surgery twice. So, uh, second time, I decided to take a little bit break. I went to the gym. Well, I, 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 I've been training in the gym almost all my life, mm-hmm. but when I stopped running a lot, yeah. I just Keep on pushing, uh, putting on muscle, and got strong very fast. So, Jesus. it's incredible. I wanted to ask you about Game of Thrones, Half Thor, because uh, the first season is where we we meet the mountain on the show. I've read the books; I'm familiar with the character. He doesn't appear too much in there, um, and but it was a different actor who played him in that first season. And I don't know if it was uh, scheduling conflicts, but how did they decide upon you uh, becoming uh, Gregor Clegane? It's a long story. Uh, well, they were f- back in 2013. They were filming in Iceland at that moment, and 
they heard about this big, big, strong, powerful guy, and they were actually looking for a new guy to act the mountain. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I got a got an email at first, and I was actually a big fan of the show. Oh, okay. were you? Okay. A big fan of the show. So when I got the email, you know, at that time I was really, you know, that famous. Just you know, I was famous famous in the Stroman world, but mm-hmm. not. Like now. Right. So um, when I got the email, you know, I thought it was someone just was <laughs> jumping jung- around or something. <laughs> because I, I brought the email. I was like, what? what who is messing with me now? Who is messing with me now? But, you know, uh, then I had, you know, I had call from them uh, like a week later. And at that time they were yeah, filming in Iceland. And, yeah, everything went well and i got the role nice nice um you had we had seen a video of you um doing an event uh for one of the strongman competitions i'm not sure if it was i think it might have been world's strongest viking uh where you did the log carry and this was uh astonishing yeah it weighs 1433 pounds <laughs> This is, um, I mean, 1,433 pounds. So you, did you break a record with, uh, with that lift? Did I hear correctly? Yeah, it was a thousand-year-old record. What? A thousand-year-old They kept records a thousand years ago? Yeah. When well, you lift something a thousand pounds or more, yeah, they keep records. <laughs> they write that down. Yeah, yeah. yeah all right. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I, I, I broke that record that day, uh, uh, I took uh, well, took three steps with it. I think uh, three steps with a thousand plus pounds on your shoulders. On his shoulders, yeah, and you know, yeah. Okay, when when you're about to do something like that, I mean, there's even though it's you're not lifting it very high, you're still lifting it all the way up and moving it. I mean, you could have gotten hurt really, really bad doing that. Am I correct? Yeah, that's correct. You know, the last guy who did it, he actually broke his back and never was the same after that. Oh, my God. And you're dealing, and we were talking about your basketball injury. Does that, has that's never been an issue with you? Your ankle, uh, everything's been fine with that? Obviously, if you're lifting stuff like this, it's it's not that much. But you've, uh, watching the documentary about the strongman, any little any little injury or thing that comes back to haunt them can be a career killer, but you're obviously going great guns with that. I've been lucky so far with uh, injuries in my sport. I haven't, got, I haven't had any bad injuries so far. So, yeah, I've been very lucky so far. And the yeah. nature of these competitions, I love watching them because they, you know, they, they, they really seem to have a good... Um, respect for the the history of of the games throughout the the centuries, and you know, with the, the picking up of the large ball and on all of that stuff, and the the way stuff is carried. Uh, uh, but there's there is actually a gym in the area. Um, a, a guy we know runs it, and it's, it's all focused on this. And now you'll see these um, cross training and CrossFit stuff where they've kind of adopted some of those strongmen. Um, exercises and are are doing them. It's it's now becoming very popular. Have you noticed an increase in the popularity of the sport worldwide in the recent years? Yeah, I think it's get it's getting more popular each year. Uh, you know, CrossFit is extremely popular right now, and I always say CrossFit is uh, it's we it's similar like Stroman, but just for the regular. 
struggle people. For pussies. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, people who aren't strong. Stevie just got and said, like, well, I didn't want to say Just the regular people, no? Yeah, no. regular, like me. Like, Yes, we, we, we there's, I'm there's, more like a beast. Hathor, <laughs> yeah. I wanted to ask you about your tattoos. You have some pretty incredible tattoos, um, and, and they would fit in in Game of Thrones world. There's a dragon on your left arm, and I'm not quite sure what's on your right arm, but do you have any um, tattoos that reflect anything from modern times that have to get... Uh, would have to get covered up while filming. Like, is there a uh, you know a Van Halen 1984 <laughs> tattoo on there anywhere? Uh, if you're asking if I need to, well, when I'm, for the TV, do show. they get covered up for filming? Y- yes, they do. Yes, it's they they make over it, they put over it. Because the dragon tattoo would fit in nicely in, in Game of Thrones world, wouldn't it? Yeah, the tattoo is actually quite new. Yeah, okay. this this year the dragon tattoo it's only like um, it's almost a year old now, so. Uh, but you know, they uh, put over it like a makeup. Yeah, okay. they, they would have. To, right. I guess. So I'm going to ask a question about the show. If you've not seen the season finale <laughs> last year, this is your opportunity to turn the radio down. But I'm going to ask Half Thor about this scene. It's a big, big, important battle. It's between uh, Oberyn Martell and the Mountain, and it's the climactic end of the season. Uh, there's a part, spoiler alert! Yes, you've been warned. Where the mountain actually squeezes Oberyn's head and it basically explodes when he does this. <laughs> um, what did they have you, Was it were those your hands and were you actually squeezing and, and exploding uh, a, a prop of some sort, I guess? Yeah, well, it was not well, actually his. It, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get that happening. Well, that's really <laughs> taking a... Listen, <laughs> wasn't we, sure. have, we have a job for you. You have to be willing to have your head crushed. I wasn't sure if it was CGI yeah. or if they had a mannequin that he was squeezing the head of. Uh, yeah. I'm sure his lawyer would have gotten in touch with you eventually. Uh, you crushes it. No, but, uh, <laughs> what like a watermelon? Yeah, so yeah. what did they have there? What were you squeezing? Well, uh, it's, it's kind of secret. It's a guess. secret. Yes. Okay. Oh, um, it was the guy, Brent. <laughs> <laughs> I can't watch that scene ever again. It's nasty. It's so nasty. Yeah. But now you you the, it, for the fighting the 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 and uh, the weapon training the guy who trains you guys to do that was the trainer on the movie Gladiator. Correct. Like this is he's like the best in the world. He's very 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 good very talented and 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 to have so it's uh, so it's a great guy to. Uh, have around to, to teach you was you know very great like very good like like you like most of the people who have watched the scene yeah uh, me and Petro Pascal were both well prepared for the fight and it happened very well so it's you know it's because we had very good training. I assume it has to be. It has to be very precise. You have to, the way you would choreograph a dance, because regardless, you're still swinging at each other, and you're still, you know, uh, any injuries that you uh, received while doing well, that? Well, I had, you know, I was training every day, uh, the whole day for a few weeks, you know, learning the fights. Yeah. And the sword was so heavy. I remember I had so much pain in my in my biceps, really, yeah, and my forearms for like holding the sword because it's not a normal sword. It's it's a uh, real big and you know it's and it's heavy as well. So yeah. just by swinging it every day, every day, and every day, I was like 
after the fight, I was like, few weeks, very bad hurt. Very bad hurt. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a rep- repetitious movement and it's a repetitive injury, like a, almost like carpal tunnel or something where you're hurting that. Yeah, man, it, Jesus Christ, it's just it's brutal. We yeah. were uh, out in the green room before the interview started and I got a picture with Hafthor and uh, Casey walks up to him and he says, uh, now if you, uh, if you pick me up by the neck, would that kill me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Hafthor just says... Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm planning pictures for well, after the... Uh, okay. Casey, yeah. as we're sitting here doing the interview, I'm thinking, I wonder if he could, like, you know, pick me up by the head and I could just hold on to his wrist so it wouldn't really actually hurt, but it looked like he was holding me by my head. But How, many, not- how many times a day do you get asked to pick people up? You must get it constantly. I get it quite often, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's uh, and there's probably some people you just don't want to pick up. <laughs> mm, few, yeah. <laughs> well, listen, you you will be at the Philadelphia Ren Fair. Um, this is great. That's it, correct, and, yeah. and actually, it's here in town. So yes, yeah. so. and it's it's this weekend. What what all will you be doing? What can people come and, and experience with you, uh, Hathor? Uh Well, I'll be there. You know, selling some T-shirts. They can have some photos with me. I'll be there um, uh, training some people, and I'll be doing a lot of, lot, lot of, lot of stuff. You know, what, what kind of training? Like strongman training? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'll be, you know, yeah. It's an for amazing some, thing to see. Some, ah, yeah. yeah and we, we do have the Ren Fair in, in in Pennsylvania, but it is a traveling distance. It's right now in our backyard. So if you've ever flirted with the idea of going out and seeing what this is about, this is a perfect opportunity. And for Game of Thrones fans. It's a win-win. Exactly, exactly. So it's, yeah. I would imagine when, when you do travel from city to city that uh, there are, like, uh, we have friends of ours from Iron Sport Gym, uh, Steve Pulsanella. We yeah, had these great guys. Guy. Yeah. yeah. They came and, like, flipped cars for us and all that sort of stuff. So when you travel from city to city, do do people, um, you know, hunt you down and try and get you to work out in their gyms and stuff like that? Yeah, they yeah. do, yeah. And you're doing CrossFit, though? I, well... I like I like CrossFit. I know I know uh, Annie Mist quite well. Annie Mist Thor Thor Thorstotter. She's from Iceland and she has uh, won the title, the CrossFit title, a few times. Uh, she's from Iceland, so yeah. I don't I don't peg you as a Zumba kind of guy. <laughs> I like Zumba. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> Big smile. Well, but is there something that you do that that we would not think this is what you do for a whether it be you know an activity, a workout, something like that? Yoga or you know. Well, I've been to yoga. Yeah? And, you know, uh, I like frisbee golf. Do you know that? Frisbee oh, golf. Yeah. Yeah, that looks golf. cool. That actually, it's a place down in Delaware. So if you're if you're looking to do yeah. that, there's a little park down there that, oh that they do disc golf. Yeah. I got to imagine when you travel, though, it's, it, I mean, what are the look, as you're walking down the aisle, I don't even know if it's a first class or whatever, people are got to be going, please don't sit next to me. Please don't sit next to me. <laughs> 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 that right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, wow. Um... There are so many different ways for you to make money, and, and right now you're focused on strongman stuff. I, I'm sure that the WWE has contacted you. Uh, I don't know if there's any plans to do that. Um, there, any arm wrestling competitions? Uh, do you do anything like that? No arm wrestling contest, no. But, you know, yes, I've had a uh, few offers mm-hmm. so far, few. Yeah. So, uh, But, you know, I'm very focused on my... Uh, on my goals right now, mm-hmm. uh, I like acting very much, and I wanna stay more into that. But also, I wanna, I wanna see my goal in strongman. I wanna, I wanna bring the title back home. Okay. Yes. Yeah. To do that, I must be focused, and you know, uh, 
it's it, it's a lot of opportunities going on. Uh, but you know, you must be focused. You got to be focused, yeah. and especially in this in that in your sport of choice. You, you, exactly. Right. Absolutely. Is is the money good in strongman competitions? Uh, not. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. Sponsorship. I'll tell you yeah, what. But I mean, for for winning competitions, like or, or or being a professional wrestler. Or yeah. Right. Right. But yeah. your your attachment to it now, with because you are a breakout character on Game of Thrones, you're a fan favorite. Yeah. And uh, with that, that that'll help. Every time the visibility of the sports raised, the we would assume. The winning purse is not that you would ever use a purse would would be raised up a bit as well. So that's that's I mean that's that's a good thing. I think it's a fascinating sport to watch. I think it's just the ultimate in human, you know, achievement. I love when the women do it too. They they don't have the competitions as often though, do they? The, the, the strongest, no. Well, they do, but it's it's uh... not as publicized. Yeah, yeah. It seems because it used to be. Who was it we had? Magnus Vermagnuson? Magnus Vermagnuson. In our studio yeah. one time. Are you familiar with him? Magnus where? Yeah. Yeah, I trained, in, uh, I trained in his gym. Oh, okay. All right. He's got the coolest name ever, though. I mean, your name's pretty cool, but Magnus Vermagnuson yeah. is one. I mean, that's not a character's name. That's an actual human being's name. It, it doesn't get more bad. I don't know, man. Thor's pretty bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, a, he's, he's a, Yeah, that's you know, pretty bad. If I'm going to pronounce half Thor... Um, to English, half mean, means ocean, and Thor means god, so it's ocean god. Oh, well, I'll take that over Magnus. I don't know. No offense. <laughs> no offense. I really Go ahead. The last thing I want to do is the biggest guy in the room. How do you say, uh, how do you say the mountain in uh, Icelandic? Fjallith. Uh, Fjallith? Fjallith. See, I think, I, think okay. it's a, I think it's a beautiful language, too. It I, is, I, yeah. Especially when, it, when, as you say, one of the multitude of uh, beautiful Icelandic women speak it, it sounds... Just it, it rocks. So. Hey, uh, you have a you have a mountain in your pants too. <laughs> <laughs> of course, Nick would ask. Nick that is question. Nick goes both ways, and, uh, uh, and I, he I wants can, to can, scale can, that mountain. I can see that he's been he's been looking at me a lot. Doesn't take yes. Oh you should have at least asked me to ask you. <laughs> oh my, my, my guess is that's the case. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh Game of Bones is the movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Casey wrote me a note. Because I didn't write that. You, who wrote this? That's uh, that's Marissa's handwriting. <laughs> oh, because you have you have arm wrestled. Um, John Cena. John I almost Cena. won that one. Half <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thor, would you take him on in arm wrestling? Uh, <laughs> Just look I at think, him. He looks a little scared. Use your yeah, pinky. Yeah. Uh, sure. Why Use not? your pinky. <laughs> All right, Casey, around. head on over. All Take right. on the mountain. See, now, mind you, this, you know, Case. I guess, yeah, I he's guess a, he's like, he's a pro professional uh, arm wrestler. No, you he's not. Tell, right? Yeah, he's, uh, he's, <laughs> he's, no, Nick trains no, Just, 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 I'm going to just tell all the people who are listening, uh, arm wrestling is a lot of technique. Yeah. Is not with strength. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> right. I love the smile he flashes after he says stuff like that. He's like, Rrr. look at his arms. All right, Casey. Don't hurt him. Yeah, yeah. He's just asking to not be hurt. Yeah, just, uh, I'm asking, just be gentle. Oh, Jesus dude, Christ. Casey, you're, you're going to be so, eviscerated. I'm just wondering. Just All right, go ahead. I All really, right. I could get hurt here. Yeah. All right, three, two, one, and go. And it's over. <laughs> and it's over. <laughs> 
Yeah, wow. Wow. Did you feel you, you saw the spirit of the Viking warrior in Casey? Not only did he push my arm down, but he crushed my elbow into the, the counter area here. Uh, He's laughing. Casey, Casey shake you leave it in hand. <laughs> hey, does Casey remind you of, of Viking children? <laughs> oh, oh my God! Hey, let me ask you: what about uh, what about your family, Half Thor? Do you have any brothers, sisters, or um, uh, people that are as big as you and your family? My family is big. Yeah, I have okay. two sisters. Uh, and the wonderful mom and one daughter dad and one daughter who is uh, six years old. She's yeah, she's my heart. Oh, you have a daughter. Oh. Okay. Yes. Nice. Yeah, the tattoo. You guys. I, I, I have, have... actually have a tattoo of her. Oh, oh that's beautiful. Oh, nice. Oh, that's, that's wonderful. Absolutely. I guess that when the guys eventually, when she starts dating, she'll never have anybody come to the house. <laughs> she won't ever. Yeah. Date her. <laughs> true. <laughs> You're uh, true. pretty active on Instagram, and we posted a link to your Instagram account up on uh, unprecedentedsteve.com. But you posted it like you were. Was it the Taj Mahal that you visited recently? Do you lift that? <laughs> uh, this is uh, this is in Malaysia. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, listen. We we want to thank you for coming by here this morning, and uh, remind people that they can go and see the mountain. You can see Half Thor. See Half Thor. He's going to be at the Philadelphia Ren Fair. Good luck for World's Strongest Man. Yes. And uh, we hope to see you again sometime. Thank you. Thanks for ha- having me. Thank we you. appreciate it. Let's hear it for Half Thor, guys. The mountain. We are going to take a quick break. We'll come back in just a moment. More is on the way. Stay right there. Acme Markets proudly supports Preston and Steve's Camp Out for Hunger. Beginning Monday, November 1st at Xfinity Live inside the Wells Fargo Center Complex. Your donations are needed to make this year's Camp Out a success and help families struggling with food insecurity. You can make a difference right now. Visit your local Acme throughout October and November and make a donation at the register when you check out. Acme will ensure your generous gift goes right to fill abundance to provide a lifeline for area families in need. Go to WMMR.com for complete details and a list of especially needed food items. Camp Out for Hunger from Acme Markets and 93.3 WMMR, putting Philly first. Our next guest is in the studio. I'm so excited because last year I went to the event that he brought to Philadelphia and was telling him off air, was absolutely blown away by the you experience. We're raving about it and basically yep. said after that that if you could buy tickets for the return, you'd buy it right then and there. And my daughter specifically, <laughs> who's, who was seven years old at the time, mind you, <laughs> fell in love with it. It's called the Nitro Circus Live. And we have the creator, the man behind it all, Travis Pastrana, who yeah. is here. Hey, guys. How y'all doing? This morning, we're awesome, man. How are you? Uh, couldn't be better. Yeah, you know what? I, I, I got to tell you, we went with... so. I I have two sons and a daughter. My daughter is the youngest. She's, she was seven at the time. My boys are teenagers. And we weren't sure what to, she was going to think of the whole thing. And um, we we had to leave early, like, you know, 20 minutes earlier or so because we had something to get to. And she was so pissed off that we <laughs> were leaving. I was blown away that this little girl, and she's a girly girl, just could not. She she was just blown away. Is the only uh, uh, way I can were. frame it. As yeah, we yeah. all were. Oh, my this, God. I mean, she's seven, but 
You know, I'm in my. I was, thir- I was in my 30s, and yeah. I was blown away. Yeah, usually yeah. It's the, the parents are coming. They're like, "Oh man, we got to go with our." You know, usually sons yeah. to go see this this action sports whatever. And then halfway through, it's the parents that are standing up, going, "This is wild." <laughs> yeah, I've, yeah. I've never seen so much happening at one time in my <laughs> life because you guys. It's just constant. It's one after another, and you can't, and it just increases the stunts. For those who may not be familiar with Nitro Circus, how would you describe it if, if nobody knows what you're talking about at all? Well, Nitro Circus is the best in the best of action sports, man. It's, uh, you know, going 30 feet high in the air. It's uh, jumping 70, 80 feet in distance. you got motorcycles and snowmobiles and four-wheelers all flying side by side. Uh, kind of choreographed, if you will, but we've got everything from guys trying to hit these ramps. I mean, huge ramps on couches, boogie boards, you name it. I mean, yes. there's a lot of crash and a lot of carnage, and it's built for a pretty ADHD audience. And it's and it's. Like I said, it's kind of just like, I mean, it's not like, hey, guy's going to go do one stunt and then we'll reset and then we'll get the other one ready to go. They will send like 20 (laughs) or 30 people. Yeah. Uh, just constant. It's incredible. And yeah. I know the inclination is to think, okay, after years of this and after years of seeing like X Games and stuff like that, you've seen it all. You haven't. No, no, you haven't. No, you haven't. And and I was lucky enough. I did something uh, before the show started. I was asked to uh, do a, a couple of, uh, of announcing of contests and stuff like that. So I was able to be on the floor with wow. my son. That's right. Before it all started, and we were standing next to the ramp. Okay, <laughs> the, the the starting ramp, the big one. Well, and on I, TV, they they look you know normal. On, in person, you're like, what the heck is that? <laughs> we were standing it's, at the base of this suicide. thing. Yeah, we we ended up, and it's a great picture of me and my son. You know, him on my shoulders, but we're standing there. And I, I was messing with him. I go, hey, uh, you have to go down this thing. And he, you should have seen the fear in his eyes. He's like, no, 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 no. I'm like, no, no, I'm just kidding. But people will go down that, and they're going to go down this, and they're going to go up that, and they're going to go. You know, it was just, it was amazing yeah. to see. As you, Chef, as you're putting stuff, and you are the the, the creator and 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 the, the the main the main dude, the head honcho. Um, do you have like a like a Skywalker Ranch where you put together this stuff? You yeah, know, pretty much. Actually, not far from here, about an hour and a half. Live in uh, Annapolis, Maryland, and uh, basically we go out and Nitro Circus. You know, they have the X Games. The ramps haven't changed in quite some years. Like right. it's still the best in the world. But we take those guys and we say, okay, what do you want to do? So just this year, we had we built a ramp that was thirty seven feet tall in the takeoff, seventy eight degrees, so almost <laughs> vertical, hitting yeah. it at sixty miles an hour. We were able to get uh, one. Jet, uh, you know, Josh Sheehan yeah, yeah. was able to do a triple backflip on a dirt bike. And two days triple. later, we had a guy do a quadruple backflip on a BMX bike. So my house is kind of like the, the playland, if you will. Jesus. Oh Guys, I, I was a diver when I was a kid, right? I'm just telling you, uh, the most I've ever done is two and a half flips. And and I only did that one time. You You're know, one be- of the few divers who used a motorcycle. <laughs> because the second time I did, the second time I did it, two and a half, I, I slapped on my on my bellies, and I never ever tried it again. But th- just the idea of that when you're rotating that quickly, I just don't understand how you guys can keep your orientation and land. You, you generally can't. And that's the beauty of Nitro Circus is it's not like a Cirque du Soleil where everything's oh, and this is big. This is, no, it's these guys pushing themselves. They come on tour because they want to be the best in the world. They want to ride with the best in the world at all this stuff, and they always push themselves. So when you have 40 of the best in the world and the crowd starts getting to it about halftime, everyone is so pumped up and so energetic that, you know, stuff is tried every time in Nitro Circus. Every new, every night, something that has never been done before. Right. By the way, we do have the Budweiser studio cam on now if you want to take a peek in here with uh, Travis on. It's, it's right in front of you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyhow, uh, you, 
one of the things also is that uh, it keeps rolling. It's not just uh, the stunts and so forth. There's pyrotechnics. There's videos that are being shown. In fact, some of the videos you guys show <laughs> are a stunt that's about to be done where the uh, the person that is uh, uh, trying it out has actually crashed and, and had an accident before. So they'll show the accident first and say, all right, they kind of get numb. They're like, does it hurt? And you're like, oh, no, everything in the, the show is, yeah, it, of course it hurts. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we show them like, you know, I mean, nothing too graphic, but like when a leg bends where it shouldn't mm-hmm. and, you know, like the foot comes up and kicks him in the butt where, you know, and just to, to show that, yeah, yeah. this is possible. Their, their bodies should not move in that way. Right, right. They sadly sometimes end up doing that. Now, before we came on, I was talking to you about the uh, the 3D movie, which I really did enjoy, and you said it was kind of ratcheted back a little bit for the cinematic aspect of it, but in 3D, as a lot of that action was being caught, you're like, the perspective is there, and you're like, Jesus, mother of Christ. I mean, you can see the heights and the flipping, and the from those vantage points, it's pretty staggering. So, And I was sitting on the safety of my couch. Yeah. Uh, really- we got to do some really cool stuff. We went down to Panama, and we jumped a big wheel, you know, like a Walmart, you know, yeah. $100, big plastic rear wheels, from one building that was 63 stories um, over a 40-foot gap in between the buildings to another building that was 62 stories and uh 3d really did it a pretty good job because you could you know you could see that uh, you were actually there was no safety nets and that's a pretty big drop any any plans to do any more films or because i know that movie actually did pretty well it it was actually decent especially netflix and and so on and so forth later but uh no we Everything we've done, we've kind of slowed down. I'm like, look, we need to do something that's like the old school action sports. I mean, you guys were talking about Bam and all the guys that are, you know. So we're doing uh, action figures actually coming out October 20th. Um, It's just, it's for, you know, it's like the show. Just wide open, everything in your face. All, you know, new, just wild stunts. And it's not dumbed down, if you will. Mm Because I feel like we underestimate the, the people that are watching, like, you don't have to explain that jumping from a 63-story building to a 62-story building is crazy. Yeah, it's dangerous. You know, you know, yeah. This is something that we can just go yeah. bypass, you know. Uh, so, Travis, you've got, <clears throat> at the show, you've got uh, guys on motorcycles. Uh, you have BMX bikes. You have uh, uh, people on uh, inline skates, on scooters as well. So things with wheels. Um, but then you have that group that does the really weird stuff, and they'll take... Uh, like you said, a couch and so forth. What is that? Do they, does that crew have a name or? Uh, yeah, they're well, not not really. Nothing you can say on the a holes. Yeah, but they're generally our you know our college wrestlers, um, you know football players, guys that didn't quite make it, um, that didn't really want to get a real job. They're like, look, I'm super durable. What can I do? Uh, they they um, have nothing to live for, basically. No, so. no, no, but they, they can. You know, they want to travel around. They want to be part of this action. They, yeah. They've you know generally lived that lifestyle. Um, so in Nitro Circus, you can either do something that no one else in the world can do, or I wouldn't recommend this route. You can do something that no one else in the world is willing to, to do. do. Okay. And in that case, like this one guy's like, hey, I want to be part of the show, but I'm not good at anything and I'm super durable. <laughs> so, and he's like, well, he's pretty small. So what we did is we put him on the back and on the shoulders of a guy that was riding bicycles. <gasps> yeah. And the guy on the bicycle does a backflip. Oh my God. And usually the guy on the back of the bicycle is 6'4", weighs about 200. And if he over-rotates, well, the guy basically drops not only from the big jump, oh, but Christ. goes over-rotates and the big guy, the 6'4", lands on him. And he's never been hurt. So we're like, we love you. This is great. Well, and you're... then we also put him in the front of a wheel. So he put him in a wheelbarrow. The same guy. The same guy. He has like four stunts a night. This guy's great. And uh, we put him in the wheelbarrow, and then the guy behind him goes down the 65-foot-tall roll-in. Wow. Hits like 40 miles an hour in rollerblades, 
holding the handles of the wheelbarrow. <laughs> and, you know, he's like 50-50. It's great. Jesus. Is wheels okay. going to be part of this, by the way? Um, wheel, we're working with a new, it's like a rocket-powered towing system. Uh, so wheels is testing out right now in California to see uh, if he can hang on with his wheelchair and get up to, you know, 40 miles an hour. We had wheels in the studio last year, and uh, he totally won us over. He's just the coolest guy. for uh, Because, you know, I had asked why he was in the wheelchair. He said, well, I spine a bifida. And I go, what exactly does that mean for those who people, you know, people who may not know what spina bifida is, is spina Bifida is, and he just goes, it has to do with like your spine and stuff. <laughs> that was his explanation of it all. I'm like, I love this please, guy. Please, we're not doctors. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> First yeah, time yeah. I met Wills, he's such a dry sense of humor, and he's over. They were always like, oh, you'll never make it in action sports. You can't do this. He's like, watch me. Yeah, He goes to skate parks, but he was, um, he crashed on this huge roll, and we're like, should we even let him do it? And, you know, this kid, yeah. you know, we can, you know, obviously do double backflips on his, his wheelchair, but this is, he's going to hit 40 miles an hour on a standard wheelchair. Like, we can't kill a kid in a wheelchair. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, just, that's bad karma yes. all the way around. Yes. How, how so, do you? Uh, well, he goes. Right. No, he goes down. He crashes, and we're like, "Oh no!" And he's just laying there. He's like, I, "I'll never walk again." And we're like, oh. Oh. Yeah, you I, bet you, I bet you that comes out often I, when you're when you're interviewing or, or you're someone coming in the show. Is there is there one thing because you're looking for a different breed of person, someone who's going to push it as far as they can and keep pushing it? But do you ever have someone who go who, who comes on, wants to come on board the show that's basically this guy's looking to kill himself. Like, you know, we, you, you're, someone appears so deranged. Or does that level even exist? No. Well, you, you, the thing is, everyone says you got to be crazy to be on Nitro Circus, but actually, you have to be really calculated to get good enough, right, to do something. If you're crazy, you're just going to be injured all the time, right. So, and everyone's like, "Oh, how do how do we figure out? Like, how do we get to Nitro Circus?" All parents are always, "Oh, my son's really good." Dude, if you're the best in the world at what you do, or you're doing something that no one else is doing, you're pushing the envelope. But the biggest thing is passion, yeah. because there's a lot of great athletes out there. But when it comes down to it, Nitro Circus is a show. It's about the fans and the stands. And right. If you can get those guys on their feet, you know, whatever you do, you got to be passionate about it. It it's is good. so much fun, gang. You, we're talking to Travis Pastrana, if you just tune in. Travis, I've had a, a number of texts coming up asking me to ask you about jumping out of a plane with no chute. It was kind of pass or fail. I was always better at those tests. <laughs> what is this? I, I'm not familiar. What happened? Uh, well, um, I like to call it a, a, a product test. Uh, yes. You know, they say Red Bull gives you wings. So I jumped out of a plane, <laughs> and um, as it turns out, it was kind of more like Toy Story. It just helps you fall with style. I, I needed my buddy to, to come down. No way to put this um, correctly, but as he, he mounted... Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, it was as he had to. Right. Yeah. Um, it latched on. It was. It was yeah. uh, probably the. You know, it was a very, very good feeling. Yes. Dude, man, right, oh, man. You had to because you figured that was your best chance at not dying. Right. Yeah. yeah. So what? I, I'm not familiar. What happens? So he jumps out and holds on to you and pulls his chute, or what? Um, yeah. So basically, okay. I jumped out. I had a um, you know board shorts on, socks. That was it. You know, uh, you know, kind of like that. Uh, uh, that song, Scott I've Naked from an Airplane, right, yeah, uh, Motley yeah. Crue. I always wanted to do that. Ever since seeing, uh, you know, if Johnny Utah could do it in Point Break, I mean, <laughs> really, how hard yeah, right. could it be? Right. Right. And, and when did they pull the shoot? They pulled the shoot just how, what was the altitude in there? No, I pulled a little higher. A than, little than, higher? Than, yeah. Old Swayze. Yeah. yeah, but, yeah. Uh, <laughs> how high up were you? Um, well, the thing was, it was really cold. It didn't seem yeah. cold there, uh, but... You know, we were kind of overloaded in the planes. We had camera equipment and stuff. Uh, so it took us like 45 minutes to get to 10,000. We were supposed to get to 12. And I was like, you know what? We're, we're good enough, guys. Yeah. So then I did a couple flips. And uh, I'm, not, I'm nothing like you, but I have done skydiving. Preston and Casey have as well. And yes. I, it didn't um, occur to me, but it, it should have, I guess. But when you get to 12,000 feet, it is cold. You know, and it, it was on my birthday. It was July 20th, so I expected it to be warm up there. You're struck by 
how cold it is when you jump out of the plane. Yeah, I figured it was probably more important to. Uh, you know, I should have brought more clothes. I was just. Well, I, you, <laughs> you know, we didn't really think this through that well. Yeah, yeah, you're making a statement now. As Nick has said, now I, I've done the tandem jump before, and and when you I've done it twice, and when you pull the chute, yeah. It yanks the ever-living hell out of you. I mean, it's not a little tug. Especially your crotch. It throws you off. Like, what just happened? So anytime in any movie, a la Point Break or Kingsman the Secret Service, where there's somebody hanging on to the guy with the shoot on. We call it a Mr. Bill. It's got a name. A Mr. Bill? (laughs) Yes. I've... I've never believed that that could actually be possible because of how hard you get yanked when the chute opens. No, well, the the thing is, you can actually pack the parachute to, to open really slow, but that all depends on aerodynamics. So okay. if it, if the you know if you're tumbling at all, which is really difficult when you have two people, uh, you drop much much faster. So you're dropping at 180 instead of 120, which makes it, it open harder. You had the two guys with you, so you had one guy. If the if the one guy had not been able to keep the grip, this I assume the other guy's your backup. Uh, no, I actually just had one guy that had just to shoot. Just the one guy yeah. to shoot. All but right. the, the thing is, we start dropping really fast. So that one guy was actually trying to slow me down as much as possible right. and basically keep me balanced while um, we, we got a really good hold. All right, so quick question. There are people, Preston, how much did you have to wrestle with the notion of stepping out with a tandem jump? I mean, oh, the, I mean, yeah, I was terrified. All right, so I was absolutely terrified. Do you not feel Anything as you're stepping out of a plane, sans shoot. You know what scared me the most? Matt Hoffman, one of my heroes, always said, "He goes, man, every time I'm up someplace really high, I just want to jump." I'm like, "Man, you're actually crazy. You should do that." Like, look, checked out. <laughs> right, and yeah. I jumped out of the plane, you know, just in board shorts, and I scared myself because I'm like, "This feels totally normal." <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> yeah, you're good with it. That's All crazy. right, so you're in a meeting, and this gets greenlit. I can jump out. It of It does plane. not get greenlit. Yeah. No, you did this without any. No, I actually paid. I mean. I had to get military guys. No one would do it. Even Red Bull, who's all into everything, they're like, look, you're not a professional. I mean, with all due respect, yeah. you suck at jumping out of a plane. Like, we're, you know, you're, you're not the best in the world. At this. So uh, this didn't get greenlit. Um, I had to go down. I went down to Puerto Rico, which unfortunately, as, as my uh, geography wasn't the greatest, is still uh, you know, a U.S. territory and yeah. still got all the same fines and everything that right, I normally right, got yeah. out of here. But, um, but no, so I basically said, I'm going to do this. And I found a bunch of military guys that were like, well, if we lose our skydive license, we can still do halo jumps, so we don't really care. <laughs> right, yeah. And I figured, you know, never leave a man behind. I was like, these are my guys. Well, wow, wasn't the uh, the dude who did the um, from from the suborbital jump that was was that was through Red Bull? Felix that was Red Bull. Yeah. Yeah. Very good yeah. name pool. Yeah, yeah, Felix is is awesome actually. But Felix, for for him, some of the gnarlier stuff that he's done has actually been the, the wingsuit stuff. Yeah. Um, what yeah. about you? What about you with that? I mean, because that uh, my wife won't let me. Really? She said it's too dangerous. <laughs> How, relatively speaking, is that any worse than jumping out of a plane without a shoot on? I didn't know her then. (laughs) (laughs) So what? What do you do? What I mean, from where did you start? Um, started motorcycles was my, my biggest yeah. background. My mom raced motorcycles. My dad raced motorcycles. We went on camping trips every weekend. It's what we did as a family. All my, I have, you know, six uncles. They were, I was the run of the family though, man. I literally, yeah. my uncle was quarterback at Denver Broncos. I had two cousins that almost qualified for the Olympics. And like, well, uh, I'm sorry. He was a quarterback for the Denver Broncos. Yeah, it was right. Uh, it was 69, 70, right. When it switched from AFL, NFL, mm-hmm. he, uh, his claim to fame was he got knocked out by Bubba Smith. The, uh, wow. yeah, the, the big guy on, uh, on wow. from police, police academy. Yeah, yeah. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. All right, so motorcycles, then to? Um, motorcycles, um, and then every time I got hurt, uh, you know, you broke a wrist, you broke an ankle, you could still drive go-karts and stuff. So I started racing, you know, go-karts and, and cars kind of as, as fun things. I was hurt all the time. And then uh, X Games came around, and we really, we couldn't afford, I mean, 
it, motocross is an expensive sport. We had my dad as a construction worker. Um, you know, all my uncles, they have a construction company, but real small stuff. So You got to um, lug that stuff around. You got to maintain the equipment. You got to get the equipment. Yeah, so they would basically all take pay cuts to get me to, like, the national championships just to, but I couldn't make money until I turned pro. Uh, so we went out and we did X Games as a way to be like, okay, well, at least we can we can afford to get you to the, to the races if you do this kind of as a, as a, this is, you know, these tricks and shenanigans are never yeah, going to yeah. get you anywhere in life, but we'll, we'll do it. <laughs> and they have. And, yeah. Well, and then all of a sudden it blew up and it was bigger than racing. And, you know, we were able to basically take it from there with the X games. They were on fire for, for a while. And they, there was a tremendous amount of folks. I know that, you know, it's still the deal. Have they hit a stasis or are they, you know, are, have they come down a bit in, in, Popularity. What, what's the status of the X Games? The really interesting thing for for us in X Games is freestyle was all about freedom. It's about style. It's about culture. Right. It's about you know all the the old videos like I said with Bam and the crusty demons of dirt and all this yeah. stuff just showed this lifestyle that was just free. And then you take it and to monetize it, you have to be able to put limits on it. You have to be able to put rules on it. Mm. Well, then it became like gymnastics and. Sorry, no kid that's getting up growing on a skateboard. You know, it, not, no offense. Like gymnastics, is a great sport. It's yeah. a very tough sport. Um, but now there's coaches. There's all kind of stuff, and everything that made this this ADHD audience want to go out and just be by themselves. And now all of a sudden, their parents are like, "Yeah, yeah, here, yeah. let's get a coach." You know, right. so it, it took a little bit of that out, but that's, sucked the life out of it. But that's. It, we need that, but we also need Nitro Circus guys that are just like we don't care if you you know if you point your toes. We don't get like if you <laughs> right, land right. a trick that's never been done. If you try it, we're yeah. gonna give you a high five. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, you know, listen, I, I love uh, how mainstream the the extreme sports has become because I mean it, it wasn't too long ago where there was the discussion on whether or not skateboarding or BMXing or any of that was was a sport. Yeah, you know, and and, and or before sh- snowboarding was in the Olympics, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. things like that. And I always said, like, take any quarterback, you know, professional quarterback and put him on a skateboard. And, and you tell me, you know, here, here's one, a, a world-class athlete. And tell me if they can do anything that these guys can Wait, do. Your, your wife is a skateboarder? Yeah, my wife's yeah, a skateboarder. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, she's she's a, yeah she won circus. her first X Games uh, gold medal set uh, at 15. Wow. Right, 14. Was, no, sorry, it, she beat me. That's was right. It back in, was it like 2000, the X Games were here in Philadelphia? Yeah. Remember down? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I went to that. It was and crazy. It, it 2000, was 2001. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But that was, you know, that was around that time when freestyle motocross was just first getting in. I mean, you had Dave Mirage just doing the double backflip. I mean, now yeah. Jolene Van Voot on Nitrous, she. There's girls doing the tricks that were just thought such. I mean, not that that sounded. Yeah. Awful, I, I know what though. you're saying though. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That's I'm sorry, right, I'm sorry. That's right. But I mean, I'm just saying like everything is has evolved so far, um, and it's awesome. But we need to keep modifying the, the jumps and the ramps and keep having this this freedom to go out there. Yeah. Uh, I need to ask you. You know, you had mentioned the uh, the ramp, the 37 foot tall ramp with a 78 degree uh, <laughs> um, ramp at the end of it. Um, when you when you guys right before you go up, I mean, you said that's almost vertical, and if you're doing sixty miles an hour at that moment when you make that turn to go up, how many G's are you pulling? It's got to be we a lot. Don't have a, a G monitor, but that was the the interesting thing because we had an Olympic snowboarder that's a good motocross rider. Uh, he came out, and he's like, "I want to hit it, I want to hit it." We're like, "Ah, uh, yeah, uh, all right," because we had at this point we had a, a bag landing, so we had a really big airbag. Yeah. Well, he hits it, and his legs. I mean, this is a pretty strong guy, completely compressed. And as he sat down, it just bounced him even. You know, like when you seat bounce a jump. I don't know if anyone rides yeah. motorcycles, but you get bounced even higher up. Yeah. So he didn't make the distance. So he jumps off of the motorcycle, and he's going hard right. He actually kicks a tree. This is that we have footage of this. So it's <laughs> go to nitrocircus.com. We'll see it in action yeah. figures. Yeah. But he jumps off the motorcycle to make the distance. Jumps off of a tree. To get back to the to the side, so he corrects, he corrects his his twice, trajectory twice off Holy. the motorcycle. He pushed to the tree, off the tree, and this is you know, this when is eighty. F- it's eighty feet in the air. 
This is right before the Olympics. Thank goodness, because I mean, someone would have been really upset for that. That's yeah. a, that's a it's a an eight it's an eight story building. Yeah. You know, if I recall, and he made it. Was it in your backyard where somebody you had a foam pit and somebody was doing a motorcycle? Was that you? No, no, missed I've never pit? missed my foam pit. But a really fat friend, uh, Tommy, <laughs> he uh, he had so much he just went too far. Uh-huh. He he, uh, oh, he tried his GSXR like a street bike, yeah. and he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna do a backflip." Well, he grabbed a handful, and it just again the seat bounce thing uh-huh. catapulted him straight in the air. He was. You know, probably forty feet above the ground, and just landed flat on his back. Wait, hey, when you when your bike, if it's a motorcycle, you, you'll try that on a foam pit first, or um, we start either foam pits or airbags. Now we got bag landings. It's just how do you cool. get a how do you get a motorcycle out of a foam pit? You got a, a crane, a crane. No kidding! Okay. Yeah. Wow, it's, it's a full like it's a process. So you, have, wow. you have all the tech and all this stuff that, and, and you're, I mean, you, do you have any understanding of, of mathematics and, and all that stuff as well? Because. It, what is is there a holy grail in ramp height? Is there some, you know you, you just keep upping it by ten feet, ten feet, or will, will it, there it, be it, a it, point where you top out? Yeah, of course, but it evolves depending on the tricks that you want to do. Yeah. Um, Red Bull was awesome with the New Year's No Limits. They actually brought smart people in. It was amazing. <laughs> They're like, yeah, you should ca- you should go this distance, this speed. Yeah. They can calculate it pretty quick. Well, there was a ten mile an hour headwind after lunch. Hit it again, doing the we had a, a world record car jump set at like two hundred and seventy feet. Right. So we we're doing the last practice jump. And 10-mile-an-hour headwind, didn't think much of it. Well, the car affects much differently than a motorcycle. A motorcycle yeah. literally cuts through. A car does not. Landed short, bounced. I mean, this is a half-million-dollar car. End for end down the back. I'm laying there half-concussed, and the physicist, like, you know, mathematician's like, yeah, yeah that's pretty much what we thought was going to happen. I was like, well, th- <laughs> thanks me. for the information. Yeah. That would be great 10 minutes ago. There's, wow. a, Jesus. there's a place in Ohio called uh, Ohio Dreams. Uh, I don't know if you've ever it, – it's just this giant water slide that, uh, that people go and do flips and stuff off of. It's awesome, yeah. You've Done it. Well, no, we went to the Olympic, um, the, like the ski park, and okay. uh, we did uh, did all kinds of rafts and stuff off of that. Wow. Sweet. All right. Well, listen, I cannot uh, more highly recommend Nitro Circus Live. I did it last year. Was pleasantly surprised, blown away. We talked about it for weeks, and I took a little video and showing everybody, dude, look what we went to. This is amazing. Nitro Circus Live. Great to have you here this morning. Hey, thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate y'all. Yeah. Travis Pistrano, guys. Yeah. We're gonna take a break. We'll come back in a second. We'll be right back. Did you know you could listen to all of WMMR's podcasts as well as our live stream on your Alexa-enabled device? It's easy. Just say, Alexa, open MMR. The most hated jeweler in America makes it so easy to get engaged. Meet the beautiful, classy, and brilliant Krista. She's Stephen's most loved engagement ring and will dazzle. She takes the stress and guesswork out of finding the perfect ring. A bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant diamond in a classic solitaire setting. Meet Krista today, starting at under $700. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut by appointment only. Free shipping and interest-free financing. It's so easy. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Now, WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre File. Brought to you by the iconic Lorenzo and Sons Pizza. It's a Philadelphia staple with locations in Westchester, in Xfinity Live, and in Live Casino and Hotel Philadelphia. Visit Lorenzo'sWestchester.com. An Augusta, Georgia woman was arrested after she attacked her boyfriend for re- refusing to have sex with her. You should picture this Well, woman. why wouldn't anyone want to have sex oh, with this right. beauty? Oh, Jeez. good Lord. What happened to her mouth? Look at her mouth. I, don't, I think she's rat girl. 
I think she that lo- is disgusting. Uh, to to give the listening audience at home an idea of what this woman looks like. Put, put a wig on Bruce Dern and punch him in the mouth. <laughs> no, he, that, <laughs> he's prettier. That's too hot. This is- I saw this woman, Steve. You heard me react this morning when I saw this, this show. I'm, I'm like. Butt ugly is the only thing that comes to oh, my mind. Oh, is that what you were talking about yes. when you said this woman is butt ugly? Yeah. No, she looks like, as my father used to say, a smashed ass. Uh, Tabitha Lee Groom. <laughs> I mean, she's got she's got the, a grill that you would only associate with, like, a possum. Yeah. Uh, she uh, she came home around 1.30 in the I evening. I don't you want to make love. On June 24th and attacked her boyfriend while he was sitting on the couch. I'm feeling horny. She said she was angry that he refused her advances earlier that day, so she scratched him on the face, head, and neck. Do me a favor, sweetie. Let me just go blind myself. I'll be right back. And then she bit him on the arm, uh, which spread God only knows how many diseases. I don't know where that mouth's been. Uh, he ran into the bathroom, called 911. When deputies responded to the house, Did grooms... they send animal control? Grooms would not give her name at first and threatened to run over a deputy with a baby stroller. Uh, she admitted that she had been drinking, by the way. Mm. Uh, Grooms also punched her 66-year-old mother in the eye during the ordeal. I like how she has the ombre going, though. Uh, she was arrested. <laughs> <laughs> she had time to get her hair done. Yeah. She was arrested and charged with simple battery family violence. If I was a dentist, that would be my... The career. My pro- No, my pro bono work. I would say, come, come here. Come uh, let sit me, down let me in my... Ch- I'm no, going to th- help you. I'm going to fix... Whatever that mess is on the inside of your mouth. I'm closing my practice. I have one patient now. Yeah. Forever. Forever. Uh, this story is out of the Daily News. Uh, and this is um, uh, staff writer Stephanie Farr wrote this uh, story. And uh, I've just got to give her credit because she okay. used a few little um, uh, euphemisms in this. A Delaware County man has filed a federal lawsuit claiming that the cops who arrested him for public drunkenness in 2012 were real ball busters because they tased his testicles oh, while he was handcuffed in the back of a police cruiser. Oh, uh, my balls! In the suit, Cain uh, Brown of Glen Olden claims that the lasting effects of the tase to his testes are driving him nuts. <laughs> <laughs> But an attorney for one of the defendant officers says the claim is poppycock uh-huh. and that the officer tased Brown in his thigh, not his gonads. Uh, Brown is seeking more than $1 million for the damages he claims to have suffered uh, to his family jewels. Penis dong schlong. These. Give <laughs> up. <laughs> the suit, uh, which was filed in October, is scheduled for a settlement conference next month, according to uh, court records. So. Where was he at? The Red Lantern, by any chance? Or? Um, it doesn't say. Doesn't? Okay. Why? I was just wondering. He was from Glen Olden. I was just wondering, what bar was he at for public drunk? Because I know Delco, like the back of his nuts. <laughs> <laughs> you know the back of his nuts? Yeah. Very well. Very well. When you have him draped across your forehead, you're pretty... <laughs> You get pretty uh, familiar. I know that. I'm still I know thinking. That, I know that mushroom. I'm still thinking about the teeth. They're nasty. <laughs> a South Carolina, uh, a South Carolina couple forced their teenage daughter to live in the woods because she snacked on a pop tart without their permission. You get out and live in the woods now. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. James and Crystal Diggers were arrested on child neglect charges after deputies found their the 14 year old. Camping alone on Friday, 
Can you go back to the other story, Preston? Jesus Real quick. Christ. I grabbed the article from you. Uh, first paragraph. The incident in question began when police were called to a fight at the Red Lantern Tavern in Glen Olden. <laughs> there you go. He got it. <laughs> right. Wait, so, did he say that originally? He did. He, he was wondering. Casey can pretty much, if, if there's a, an area in Delco that where there's a bar fight is erupted, he can pick the bar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Especially wherever the back of that guy's nutsack is. Yeah, right. he knows that That's too. Right. Yeah. Smells like the back of that. <laughs> that guy's smells, nuts smells like the back of your nuts. Delco. Delco. All right, now back to the other story now. With the uh, Pop-Tart Wilderness Girl. Yeah, James and Crystal Diggers were arrested on child neglect charges after deputies found their 14-year-old camping alone Friday, two days into her, hey, we- her week-long punishment. You go live in the woods now. Uh, the girl was sent to a tent about a quarter mile from her home, and her parents gave her just a flashlight, a single roll of toilet paper, a whistle, and a watch for... I'll teach you to eat breakfast pastries. ...the seven-day campout. The forest is known for its wild hog population, too. You, you can live on a diet of wild hog. Uh, the girl, all I care. The girl was told to meet someone at a fence at a specific time each day to get food. If she didn't show up at the right time, she wouldn't eat. Her parents allegedly told her. The fence man with the food will be around there noon, right noon to 1 o'clock. Uh, thunderstorms battered county the county Thursday night, the first night of the camping sentence. The girl slept in the tent during the downpour. Uh, the reason for the bizarre camp out, because the girl ate a Pop-Tart without a permission. Without permission, the couple told investigators. And this isn't the first time that James and Crystal have banished their daughter from their home. Last month, she was forbidden from eating from entering the house between 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. as another form of punishment. Uh, they have five children. Uh, the girl's in custody of South Carolina Department of Social Services and her four siblings are now living... We put our youngest boy down for eating a ring ding. ...with their grandparents. <laughs> put him down. <laughs> and then... Good for nothing. Finally, uh, let's... And, well, you know what? I kind of partially told the story. Of the guy with the selfie stick. So why don't I get to that? All right. Yeah, is a man it? who was struck and killed by lightning is reported to have been hit by the bolt because he was carrying a selfie stick. So the was he using it at the time or he yeah. just simply had it on him? I'm not really sure. Two men died and a further two were injured in uh, Brecken Beacons Mountain Range. Brecken Beacons. <laughs> Brecken Beacons. Brecken Beacons. My name's Brett Boffman. On Sunday. That's a blinking beacon. It's a blinking blinking. And separate incidents where a when a thunderstorm broke out on it. Sources close to the rescue teams claim one of the dead men may have been struck because he was carrying a selfie stick. And yes, yeah, Steve, I don't know if he was taking photos with it at the time or not. Uh, Mark Jones from Brecken Beacons Mountain Rescue. <laughs> said that one of the victims was reached by a doctor within 25 minutes because the rescue team was already out on the range so we, on a training exercise. When you were out, to, not to uh, digress here, but when you were out in uh, Wyoming, yeah, uh, how far were you from the closest hospital Were something to happen? Uh, something did happen. Somebody broke their leg before we got there. Um, the closest close hospital would have been in Jackson probably. So about so an hour? An hour and 45 oh, minutes. Wow. Oh, hour and 45. Yeah. Yeah. So you'd have to you'd have to airlift. If somebody if it was a series, you'd have to airlift. Absolutely. Yeah. So, That's wild. Yep. It's not uh, like Brecken Beacon. No, Brecken Beacon's a little more accessible. It only took them 25 minutes. Uh, the two men who died were hit in separate lightning strikes on the mountain while uh, the other two men were hospitalized with their injuries. And there you go. That is what I have for you. In the Bizarre File, we'll be right back. The MMA. 
Join Nick from the Preston and Steve Show Thursday from 7 to 9 at Fado, 1500 Locust Street, Center City, for the Bud Light Thursday night kickoff. Enter for a chance to win Eagles LA tickets and a Boston Scott signed football courtesy of Bud Light. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. Rick Hoog taking out the trash on the best of for today. The gang back tomorrow. The Hollywood Trash brought to you by Jersey Mike's. Order on the app and skip the line. Jersey Mike's be a sub above. What's going on this morning, Steve? Well, Azalea Banks blasted the MTV VMAs after receiving no nomination, saying that America hates opinionated black women. Banks later had to retract the statement after learning it's actually her specifically that America hates. Hey! Kim Kardashian is sharing a series of makeup-free photos from a recent Vogue Spain shoot saying the true beauty is inside. In fact, Kim says you can actually see some of that inside if you watch her sex tape. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. <laughs> and finally, the Scientology Center in Hollywood is running a summer movie night presentation of Top Gun to honor its highest profile member, Tom Cruise. Cruise says PCs and SCs will be the SFs for the night, or in layman's terms, popcorn and snow caps will be the snack food. Oh. <laughs> and that's your Hollywood trip. Next guest is a comedian. He's an author. He's a TV guy. He's a movie guy. He's done all kinds of stuff, and he helps ladies out all over this country, and we have an example of that here in just a moment, and not just ladies. Let's welcome Gregory Barrett to the program. How you doing, Greg? Yeah, very good. Very Excellent. good. Thanks for coming in, man. Yeah, thank you for having me. Appreciate it. So, did I get all that right? I'm going to make sure I give you all yeah. your accolades correctly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you did. did the, there was too many. Okay, sorry. <laughs> There's too that. many so Which one should be eliminated? <laughs> all of them. <laughs> Stand-up comedian is what, what? I, is what I is what I do. Stand-up that's, comedian. That's, I mean, that was my, that's my main that's my main gig. Yeah. But I, I did that for 15 years before I stumbled into the relationship book. Thing. Yeah, let me roll down the, the, uh, the reason I said the author yeah. and, and all these yeah. other things is because I wrote he, the Da Vinci Code. He wrote that. <laughs> Of which was know. damn that was yeah, good. Thank you. And then I just re- I just finished Fifty Shades. Of- so I, I write a lot of stuff for women. <laughs> you use pseudonyms then? I do. Okay, I use a lot yeah. of ladies' names. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, he's just not that into you. Which That's right. I wrote that. Was absolutely huge. That. Right when it came out, yeah, boom, it, did it really took well. off. Man. Yeah, it did very well. Thanks to Oprah. Well, yeah. we were talking about um, when was the last time you were here? Right before we went on air, and and I went back and scrolled through our website, and I, I think you've been here since then. But uh, the last entry that I put on the website to promote you, Greg, was Greg. Is a great comedian and has a band, the Reigning Monarchs, and, and then it says, "Check out their MySpace." So that was, <laughs> <laughs> Are you serious? Was, Check out their MySpace. That was 2009. So maybe yeah, that was yeah, the first yeah. time you yeah, were we had here. A pretty great MySpace page. <laughs> uh, you can still go over there. MySpace is just a tenement building, uh, and you and people is. buy crack there, and you can hear gunshots. It's very sad. You go there; it's just all burned out. Uh, was it Justin Bieber be trying so to make a, a bid to get that back up and running and make make it a music site? I guess it. It now is more a sort of a, a music. I, th- I don't know what it is. We got conned into joint rejoining a little while ago. And yeah, yeah, nothing yeah. happened. Nothing just happened. A, yeah, yeah. That was just it. Just failed. Does just, the band still there. exist though? Yeah, the band is doing very well. Oh, okay. Yeah, the band's doing very very well. You, re- you reinvigorated And now I've gone it. solo from the band. Okay, it's the King Sweater. Well, when I in 1985, I went to Japan. This is a quick story. I went to Japan to play rockabilly and expat bars as a as a, a, the King Swinger. Right, that right, was right. my name. And when I got there, all the posters said the King Sweater. <laughs> So I've re <laughs> that is awesome. I've re I brought that name back and I perform the King like Sweater. The King Sweater. Yeah. King sweater. Is that cool to have a, a kind of a, a a stage name, a stage persona? Are I you would you? To, or... I'd, I would rather just be the King Sweater. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or Saint Vincent. 
Yeah, I like I like a stage name. That's Greg cool. Barron's all right. Barron's not a great show business name. Yeah. No, no. Difficult. Difficult. Well, listen, I want I want to make sure I we... should have changed it to Dane Cook when I had the chance. <laughs> that's, those are two. That's, get... those are, that's eight letters, man. That yeah, happens. You, you sort of look cookish. You get confused. Dane Cook's a name that you would give that guy a gig without the without yeah. even hearing it. It's like, Dane Cook seems like he should be here tomorrow night. Why not? <laughs> eight letters. Have him in. Have him in. It worked for him. Yeah. Well, I, I want to introduce you to uh, one of our favorite uh, people. She helps out with us in, in so many ways. She's been a calendar girls of, our, of ours, and she uh, she's helped us out with our uh, presidency of Totally Office calendars that we have every year. But she made it a point to be here this morning to meet you because you've helped her. This is Angela Perfetto, who we welcome the lovely Angela. Hi. Hi. And Angela, why was so Greg so important to you? Um, because he helped me get through my first heartbreak when I was younger. Yeah. And I read the book, and it said, you know, if the guy... If a guy likes you, he will call you. He will make it a point to see you no matter what. And if he doesn't like you, he's not going to do it. So it's like stop trying to chase these guys down because if he likes you, he will make it a point to see you. So I was like... That is so right. Like, Which, by the way, almost like, you know any what? dude in this room could have told you that. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Every <laughs> single dude in this room already sure. knew yeah. that years ago. But that, but yeah. But we but, didn't want to turn off any girls that we might actually get laid with by it. saying that. Right, right, thing, so, right, 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 you know? right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was already married when I said it. So <laughs> it was years time. You were clear. I was yeah. in the clear. It was yeah. good old-fashioned, just plain, yeah. straight-up advice. It just came from me actually yeah. giving a girl at work the same advice. That's how it started. And when I was right, when I was a consultant on Sex in the City, and one of the girls was seeing a guy that didn't want to sleep with her, and I thought, well, that's problematic. Yeah, yeah, yeah Like, yeah. if you don't want to sleep with the girl, maybe you don't, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, if you're seeing a guy and he's married to somebody else, bad choice. Yeah. yeah Just yeah. bad for dating. <laughs> it is. Uh, and, and that's basically what the book was meant to be. Very funny, like that very just sort of light, you know what I mean? Like, basic, because I'm not a therapist or yeah. anything, certainly, and but, I wouldn't take advice from a guy with blue hair and a <laughs> scarf on indoors. <laughs> no, but that's only because I'm 50 and I didn't feel like ironing my neck. The point is... <laughs> no, but, but you you get, you get these encounters with the people like Angela yes. all the time now, yeah. right? Yeah, I have for a long time. It's very nice. Yeah. I, I was walking with a, with one, I was in Chicago and I was with the owner of the club and we were walking down the street and a girl walked up and was like teary-eyed and said, oh my God, you changed my life. And the guy said, you know, that's never happened to me with any other comic <laughs> I've been with. And I go, yeah, but I also just wish she'd come up and say, you're so funny. <laughs> I'm happy to save your life, but yeah. man, you are so I am funny. so funny. Yeah, you so funny. <laughs> no, but I, you know, it helped me out, help my friends out as well that, you know, have not read the book. And I always say you could be the prettiest girl or you can have the best job, make money, like sports. But if you don't have that connection with someone, it's not going to work out. Right. Like you can have a connection with a guy, but if a guy doesn't have the same thing back, it's not going to work out. So mm-hmm. move on. He's not the only guy in the world. No, there's go a lot out and find another one. Yep, yeah. there's a le- there's at least eight other guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's at least eight other men. You know, the yeah. humor though you talk about being funny, and the the humor of that source material comes from the the, the overtly candid nature of what you were saying. A lot of times right. that's that just cutting to the chase. It just catches people, and they're like, yeah, exactly. Because I know a number of women who read the book, and you you had a you, you had your talk show for a while as well, which yeah, was yeah. Uh, you know ministering to uh, to to women likewise, yeah. and just gen- general issues. What was your experience with with that doing doing the talk show? I didn't like that part of it. Yeah. I like writing a book and letting it lay there. I didn't right. like going on. I don't want to be. I don't want to stand on point and tell people what to do with their lives. Sure. I didn't enjoy that at all. Huh. I just wanted, but that was the only TV show I was being offered. So I was like, well, maybe I could turn it into something. But then you end up just counting. 
counseling people. I'm like, that's not what I got into this to do. Was that an Oprah, so, an Oprah production? No, uh-uh, which okay. is probably why it failed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and also I was on it. But the, <laughs> so unfair to myself. Well, what, did that, what did that success do for you and do to you? Well, I mean, you know, obviously, there, you know, we still write books. Yeah. We did it at a life class last year. We wrote it. We're, we're in the middle of writing a book right now called How to Keep Your Marriage from Sucking. Yeah. Uh, from two people whose marriage has sucked at times, <laughs> for real. But um, but it, it made it stand up a little bit. It, it sort of messed up. Uh, it didn't mess it up. It just a lot of people would come out to see me do stand-up expecting to, you know, hear relationship stuff. And I've never done relationship stuff. I've always just talked about being old and yeah. playing in bands and, you know, just whatever is on my plate at the moment. You yeah. know what I mean? And if a relationship thing wandered into my act, it was only, it was genuine, but it was never, I wasn't like, let's all have Cosmos and beat on guys. Like, I, you know. Girls. Yeah. yeah let's, let's, uh, let's right. dish. Yeah. No, right. I was familiar with your, your stuff and I knew that you're, it's, it's that dichotomy because your stand-up is your stand-up and this is a different part of your career, but it, yep. when you get branded, it's hard to shake that. In the old days, yeah. I think now because of Twitter and yeah. because of all the social media, you can have four careers going at once and people get it you know i play in a band now i i still write books i do stand up people come out they know i had a podcast for a little while like people get what you're into but that's you know because you know uh, does, they, they have the opportunity to does king sweater uh make his way into your stand-up occasionally the king so i talk about the king sweater yeah, a little yeah, bit yeah, in my, yeah because yeah. it's funny that i went there and had a mohawk and used to spray paint it silver because i didn't realize you could dye it and then i got i had to go to the hospital because <laughs> i closed all the i Spray painted it, yeah, Dude. Japanese spray paint, and then closed all the pores on my head, and then had to be rushed to the hospital because I had infected my skull. Did you ever see Goldfinger? You know the, the class. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I half killed myself. <laughs> I didn't go all the way, but I like. I did. And they're like, "What do you? You know, you can die. Your, you know, Dude, I'm not a yeah. bright. I'm not a genius. In a lot. Of, I could have used your help at that point. We could have been a team. Well, well, Bond explains in Goldfinger that they, they. Uh, I guess that you know, they Goldfinger kills one of the women by covering her in, in gold paint, and that uh, dancers will do the body paint, but they leave a patch open in the ba- in the lower back so the skin can breathe yeah yeah. And uh, and so you all you see you were starting to basically kill yourself. I wish somebody would close the hole on the yeah. Blue Men Group. Why would I say that? I don't have anything wrong with the Blue Men Group. Why do I want one of those guys to die? It just seemed like a funny thing to say. Uh, by the way, Angela is a hairstylist, and she could color your hair. I'm sure you. I might go lavender this weekend. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's I, don't, right. I don't know about that. Yeah. So curious thing about I, I'm fascinated with Japanese culture. Would love to go to Japan. I yeah. just it, the, the trip is the length of the trip is the uh, but this was in the 80s, so I barely remember it. Oh, like, really? This was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It was in the 80s because. There are certain things over the show, there. The, I do a one-man show about it, and the show starts off, people rarely keep the promises that they make on cocaine. <laughs> and so... <laughs> yeah. And I had said one night at a Go-Go's concert, I'm going to go to Japan and have big hair, which was the plan, not even to play music. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, so that was years ago. But And that's actually a description... That's the Wikipedia description of the 80s was, I was at the Go-Go's on cocaine. Nice. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Because so. they, they do embrace uh, weird Western culture things uh, that, they, that they just... Like you know, there there are certain things that they take from us that they just run with, and they do it better. Yeah, yeah. They turn it around. Like if you look at the Stray Cats, for instance, the Stray yeah. Cats are a Japanese version of an American rockabilly band. That's yeah. what the Japanese would have done with it: huge hair, tattoos, makeup. Right. Like they just take it. They make it more fun because That's they're cool. Japanese. <laughs> they're cool. adorable. Hey, did you almost kind of sort of have a song that was on the Pretty in Pink soundtrack? That's the the song Cakebox was uh, on the soundtrack and then taken off when they changed the ending of the movie, which, as you know, they changed the ending of the movie. Originally, um, uh, he, she ends up with Ducky. Yeah, yeah. And they didn't like the ending. He didn't even, and so they changed the ending and they, and they took and the they song took off. And they took the song It was out. only on for two weeks, but that was happening when I was in Japan. So part of me thinks, did it really? Cause it really <laughs> right. Did that really happen? Sure, or was it the paint? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But the song's <laughs> called Cakebox and I get the rights back to it this year, which I did, I sold 
the rights to the song and the yeah. name, the King Sweater, and the pomade, which I made, to a Japanese cosmetics company. And then they hired someone else to be the King Sweater, and that was the end of it. I got fi- I got fired from my own name, and I, I went can't home. even follow all of that. I know um, who can what? the pomade so, you yeah. made pomade. Yeah, I made my own pomade because I could didn't I stopped spray painting my hair. <laughs> I'm not a bright look. <laughs> I need to make my own pomade. <laughs> How do you make pomade? Yeah. Beeswax and some other stuff. I can't remember. I learned, like, somebody there showed me how to do it. But it was like a beeswax and, and um, uh, I don't know, some oil. Some, some stuff. So it's your, it's your patented method of making pomade, and you, you mm. will then now... I get the rights back to you that. You get it back. Yeah, so I don't know that anyone's going to be interested, but I'll have that to, back, and then I'll get the song Cakebox back. Which do you is stand a, to make any, any decent money off that? Nothing. No, okay. Nobody's going to. Do you remember how to make it? I mean, unless, I, unless some people get excited about it and want to suddenly wear silver pomade <laughs> and listen to a song that sounds like a bad Billy Idol outtake. <laughs> so you're There's saying... a song called Cakebox about literally about liking a cake. When I went, I had to... I went there to just be the like the the Japanese Link Ray. I just sure. wanted to play instrumentals. And they're like right. you can't go there and not have songs. So I did some covers and I wrote a song called Cake Box because I thought why not have an original? And it's literally about seeing a cake box and wanting to have what's inside of it and then sharing it with somebody. <laughs> I'm not Dylan. I never said I was Bob Dylan. <laughs> However, um, did you learn a big lesson from this whole thing of selling? Everything away, mm. and then I mean, even well, learn Japanese okay. because when you sign a Japanese contract, you should know what it says. And um, uh, uh, no, you know, I was young. I needed the money to go home right. and then start this other career. Do you know who Megan? I've Trainer always is? been like, I've always say it again. Do you know who Megan Trainer is? I, uh, She's no. the all about that bass girl. Oh, I, okay. I know who that is. Right, so, my sisters, my da- my sisters, my daughters. I shouldn't call them my sisters. <laughs> I'm not good at family. I forget who everybody is. I forget the rules all wow. the time. They are. That, I need to grow up. I really need to grow up. Maybe I shouldn't be dyeing my hair, painting my fingernails at 52. What does your wife say? Is she like, oh my God, what are yeah, you doing? Yeah, she just puts up with it. Yeah. By the way, you need a new coat of pa- uh, nail polish. Yeah, yeah. This needs to come crazy. off and stay up. This was Christmas. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Well, anyway, yeah. Megan Trainer. Uh, yes. she's the all about that bass girl. She writes a song, performs it, and then some record company wants to come in and buy it from her. Right. So that, like, a Rihanna or somebody could do it. And she could have made a ton of money off of yeah. that, but then she said, now... I'm going to do it myself, yeah. and, and now she's just, She made a ton of money. She made a ton of money. Yeah, she's Macklemore. Yeah. Yeah, that's the way to do it. You know, own the rights to it. You can borrow it. You can loan it to him. Like, I sold the rights to He's Just Not That Into You to New Line to make a movie out of. Right, right. I mean, that's basically what they do, and that's why they make it whatever they want, because they now they own it for a while. You, you said they can have it. Were you ever offered a sitcom? Oh yeah, I've had a few development deals for sitcoms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. I don't. I'm not. I don't like uh, acting. It's not my. Is that your thing? I just don't get. It. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, I'd prefer to. I, this year, I worked on a show for Oxygen, and I learned how to direct, and that's what I want to do next. Is really to, yeah. when, direct. When the movie was made, did you? I mean, was that a good windfall for you? I mean, yeah, it was good. It was great. Yeah, yeah. and then I was, and they put me in the film, which is the most yeah. unwarranted cameo in the history of filmmaking. <laughs> it's just, it sticks out like the thor- <laughs> the sorest of thumbs. It's a beautiful it's cast. Like, it's yeah. a great cast. Yeah, yeah. There's no reason for me to be amongst that crowd. <laughs> I don't need to mess up the Bradley Cooper next to the Justin Long next to the I mean Stop come on Scarlett Johansson yeah. Scarlett Johansson in yeah. the pool yeah 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 it was, it was, like that cast is insane the movie did okay but when you look at the cast and how far everyone in the cast has come yeah yeah and Kevin Connolly's in there it's good <laughs> yeah. no that's cool that's a it's a good step off when you were starting in comedy you were do uh, you lived with David Cross for a while Cross and I were roommates yeah and uh-huh. when he was when he had just started doing Mr. Show He'll, hilarious guy but he seems yeah. like he might be a bit high strong yeah no he's just you know he's an antagonist is he yeah, yeah but a great roommate yeah, it, okay. really like for a guy who's uh, for a guy who's a bit of an anarchist he's like super neat 
neat. And is he? Like, yeah, a little OCD. The neat anarchist. Neat, yeah, he's a neat anarchist. He's a tidy punk is what I call him. I love tidy punks. I, my favorite thing about punk rock is when you go to a punk rock store and yeah. there's a big anarchy A on the door and then it's right next to the hours of operation. Right? Yes. That doesn't make sense, does it? No rules! But we open at 9. And on Sundays we open at 11. And you can't bring your drinks in here. What? Right, right. Yeah, you can't even make a mess. That's not punk. So are you are you a, are you one of these hardcore vinyl guys? Are you a vinyl snob? No, because no, I sold all my vinyl in the eighties because I had a drug problem. So I wish I love it. I yeah. would like. I, I I'm down with it. I like that people buy it, but girl, like the kids, my my daughter's age are buying cassettes now, so I'm lost. I don't yeah, know what anyone's doing are, anymore. Cassettes are now trendy. You know what you know well, I like the idea that um... they've gone to like if you want an album. To me, that's like you know what this is a better experience musically. I think we all kind of agree. Right, yeah. Albums are warm and different, and it's a different experience. If you want a cassette now, that's like buying Pabst Blue Ribbon. You're just trying to buy something <laughs> bad because you think it's cool. That's it, that's right? It. You're no, dead on. Right? Who's just drinking Pabst? When I was a kid, people you would you go no, nah, I'm not. I'm not I don't want to get that drunk. Like I don't need that. Ho- I don't need. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. Pabst was a beer you didn't drink, and now it's like yeah, man, it's cool. Well, but talking hang about- on. Pabst has won gold medals at the the uh, the beer GABF, the G- yeah. yeah the uh, Great American Beer Festival. This is a, you know, a blindfolded taste test by professionals. Look, the dudes in the parking lot where I went to high school said no. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I don't need professionals. Yeah, yeah, they I know. They were unimpressed. Yeah. We're just <laughs> talking about uh, pop culture influencing sales and things like that. The re- Part of the reason why there's a, a spike in cassette sales was Guardians of the Galaxy. And that became a popular soundtrack. Oh, I love that movie. Isn't it great? Yeah, I love Bradley that movie. Bradley Cooper's in that, too, yeah. Yeah, of course Bradley Cooper's in that. Bradley yeah. Cooper's in everything. Oh, are you happy, Bradley? And you want to know what else? I know him a little bit. Also nice. Go to hell. Yeah. And speaks French. Oh, yeah. 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 oh, you remember my name? Go to hell. Uh, by the way, talking about, uh, you know, just, you know, kids. I, I, the other day, we were supposed to watch The Flash. Yeah. I told my daughter, because it's on at 8 o'clock and she goes to bed at 7.30, I told her that I was going to tape The Flash. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. She's like, I don't. What do you mean you're going to tape? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then I hear my son, my my yeah. my son, who's seven, in the other room, go. How can you tape a TV show? Wow. How do you put tape on a TV show? Or, or you'll, yeah. you'll see it all the time, Case, where the, <laughs> or at, at events people have their iPhones, and you can tell how old somebody. I'm, let me film you. No, let me film you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, no, I know it's all yeah. it's all changed. But it's, what do you say? Well, here, let me get you in binary code. Hang on, <laughs> let's, let's get some zeros and ones on this. Let's get some zeros and ones all up in this. Right, let's yeah. make a bunch of zeros and ones that go in a circle. You want to? <laughs> yeah, have their heads explode. Yeah. Now the, the vinyls making such a comeback that I think they reinstituted a, a chart for sales. Really? Uh, for yes. vinyl sales? Yeah. I yeah. Just, I find that it's. I I think it's. I love going to a record store. I don't. I don't really have any records anymore. But I, I love. To, I love the vibe of it but it's also a platform i my my guess is you don't suffer the overly trendy too well correct no i mean look if i had it's an expensive habit to have and it's also like i don't know when that point in the day comes when i'm gonna drop the needle (laughs) you know what i mean as opposed to like just throwing and i'm i play music and so you'd think i'd be like that but i'm like it just is it's an extravagance and i guess i would do it if i sure if I had no job right, or nothing to do, but I'd rather, right, yeah. you know what I mean? I don't mind. I'm not, I'm not such an audiophile that I can't enjoy it. I sometimes just hold my iPhone to my head. Like, I'm not a genius, but that's like AM radio that I grew up with, so it's sure. fine with me. Yeah. 
Uh, do you being in the music business as long as you have? Do you have any? Uh, do you have any well-known music buddies? You got any people that I have do? Been, I have a couple. Of, I have a couple of pretty successful friends. I'm 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 uh, pretty friendly with Dave Grohl. Oh, nice. Ah. We have kids in the same school, and oh, he's that's great. very lovely. And he has worn. Um, I for a while I had a little T-shirt company in my garage that made T-shirts for all my various ventures. So he's worn Raining Monarchs, which is my other band. He's worn Raining Monarchs T-shirts. He oh, wore awesome. he wore one from my podcast on the Last Letterman. Oh, you got to get a King sweater uh, shirt on. Uh, yeah, I'm going to get him a King. I'll, I'll yeah. get him one. He'll wear it. He yeah. does it. He's very very sweet. He seems really he's very very sweet. Great and Tom, with his kids. Tom Morello, Tom Morello, another nice guy. <laughs> very very sweet. Super funny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, a lot oh. a lot less serious in person than you would think he'd be. His um, introduction into the Hall of Fame for for Kiss was, was awesome. Oh yeah, he sits on the board. Oh, it does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have fights all the time because I'm like, you're not no ska bands, and he's like, don't even look at me like that. <laughs> I'm like, really, not even the specials? No, not at all. Fishbone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fishbone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, who, who, who besides the ska bands? Who's in a? Uh, where's a glaring example? Who is Link the, Ray? Okay, Link Ray invented distortion. Link Ray invented the guitar that everybody plays. Link Ray is such a giant omission that it makes me furious. Okay. I can't even be funny about it. If you don't know who he is, he wrote the song Rumble, which you've heard in a million movies. Yeah. And Jack the Ripper and Comanche. And he 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 put a pencil in a speaker cone and invented distortion. And he's yeah. not even close to being in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, That's Rumble's why. a great song, great man. And you song. hear it and you're like, wait, I know that tune. Who I, is it? Yeah, I yeah. yeah. I gotta hear it. He's incredible. Um, he's incredible. Is Pulp Fiction soundtrack? On the Pulp Fiction soundtrack, yeah. it was in the movie Breathless. Like he's everyone's covered. Yeah, when he when yeah. he walks into Jackrabbit Slims, yeah. I think that's the song that's that's yeah, playing. That's it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you nailed that. Yeah, yeah that's right. It's that's a great right. Yeah, he's a, it's a great tune, and and um and he's just like you know he was pre-surf band, and it wasn't surf music. It was instrumental. It was much heavier than Dwayne Eddy, who I'm sure is in. And uh, you ever get to meet him? No, no, no. I never met him. He was a nut job. Oh, yeah, absolutely yeah. insane. Yeah, yeah. Is he still alive? No, yeah. he oh. died a couple oh. years ago. Do you know, did? The, yeah. the, the, the story, who are we hearing? Dick Dale has, obviously, a, a legendary sound as well. But yes. we hear he is actually a, a dick. You know, like he is... <laughs> He's yep. actually an insufferable prick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man. He's and got some. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He thinks he invented a lot of things. Right. <laughs> he like I invented Playgirl magazine. Like he'll just make stuff up. You know, I invented the bending arm for the microphone. I invented this whole area here. <laughs> I invented pretty women. Did you know yeah. that? Gorgeous women. Invented I invented Angela. them. Look at them. This is all my. This is all my stuff. This is all my stuff I've done. I'm insane. I have a ponytail. How are you? But he's a great, great guitar player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, really great guitar player. Nice. You know? Uh, aside from the, uh, he's just not that, that into you. What are some of the other titles of the books that you? Uh, it's called "The Breakup Because It's Broken," which has a chapter for men called uh, uh, "Dude Get Off Her Lawn." Uh, Our guys. Uh, we had a dating book that came out a couple uh, last year called "It's Just an Effing Date," which yeah. we did a, a, a thing for, and then we have the you know how to keep your marriage from sucking is currently being. That's, that's an interesting one because I dispense advice as well because you know, my wife and I have done you know uh, therapy that actually paid yeah. off and it just yeah. brought it down to one simple thing how to communicate there's a, there are simple yeah. people all the sexes are the same they're not we hear things <laughs> differently and and it's just the, the the truth of it what's the biggest mistake a guy because we have a lot of guys who do singles yeah. mixers and guys are, are woefully unequipped to approach women what's mm-hmm. the biggest mistake guys make who are currently on the dating scene um I mean, it always comes down to just not being yourself, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And also, um, I think <clears throat> I, we, have a, we have a phrase that we use um, called don't freak people out with your need. Yeah, yeah, You know what I mean? Like, there's a game to be played, and it's called don't be needy. You know, so walk up to a woman, give her a compliment, 
leave. <laughs> yeah. Leave, bro. Say yeah. something nice, take your drinks, walk off. If she looks at you, then she then it landed. Right, right. But you like, you, can, you we, can bring if you if you bring nothing to it but but just service, if you're just like I just want to say you like you're you're beautiful and I don't want to bug you, I'm getting a beer, but I you know, I, I felt incumbent to me to mention it. You know what I mean? If she's interested, that's a solid thing and then you leave and then the girl goes Angelo over here is frantically nodding. You agree yeah. with that? Yes, guys, stop lingering. <laughs> don't linger. Get, don't yeah, linger. the linger. The linger's a bummer. Yeah, the ling- yeah, yeah, dude, you're just hanging on the outside. Have a plan. Anybody in life with a plan that has to go somewhere but can't stay the whole time—that's always hot. That's you know, and that's what happens when you have a job. You agree, Angela? Yeah, a- Angela. Yeah. So, so if a guy comes up and says, you're, you, "I just want to say you're you're a, a, a gloriously beautiful," you I say play, thank you yeah, okay. so much. Oh, and I got that's a good great. One. And then walk away. How about you leave? What are there ten digits in a phone number? You leave them nine digits. Hey, listen, if you want to come get the last digit, I'll be over here. Uh, right? I will throw the piece of paper away. <laughs> Bye. That's yeah. ho- that's hokey. That's hokey, right? The uh, well, also because you're giving them their your your number, you yeah. should ask. Or you, I mean, or just well, walk up and go. Look, I, you, if you're not seeing anybody, I'd love to take you out. Simple, just yeah. clean, just super clean. But you right. don't have to be. Anything I, I, I want to clarify, Angela, over here, because if you come over and you say hi, I just want to come over and say you're beautiful, and you walk in, that doesn't mean that you're going to land her. <laughs> that means you've given her the option. You have now put the ball in her court. That's and right. If she's interested, and, and you yes. know what? It, that way, it alleviates a waste of time for everybody. I but think. I can't tell you how many women will say men never come up and just say something to like men don't come up and say something to us. You know what I mean? They don't. They don't hmm. approach women enough or in the right way. The a lot one- of dudes. Just like to get drunk, stand next to you, and hope it works out. Yeah, I've seen that all the time, <laughs> dude. That's, that's how they do it in Australia. That's how they do it in Australia. No, no that I mean, it happened uh, recently um, during Camp Out for Hunger. We yeah. were we were hanging out at Xfinity Live afterwards, and it was just a group of people. And there was a, a really nice guy, but he had no plan, Greg. And the, the have a plan approach works yeah. really well. And he just lingered, and after a while. It got a little uncomfortable for everybody involved, you know, So, and yeah. especially the girls. Right. And it also, like, you've now ruined the moment that you may have already had. Like, right. you don't know what you've done. But if you go up and you – and look, the girl will let you know if she wants you to stay. Right. She'll, she'll reengage you in conversation or That's say brilliant. something nice to you. Right. Brilliant and so true because you, you, you now – you give her ownership right. of the moment and she can make the decision. And, and, and in that – you you end up looking much better than you would if you stand there and verify that you're nothing worth talking to. Right. And a lot of people will say, I always get when this conversation comes up, like, well, what if I'm shy or whatever? I'm like, you know what? I, I feel for you if yeah. you have anxiety. I genuinely do. And I think if you have that kind of anxiety, you should probably get some help for it. Yeah. But life is over quick, bro. Yeah. And that moment is gone. And you may never see that person. And why why, why not? I yeah. Mean, there, there was, to me, there was something exciting about the idea that I could easily be rejected. Yeah. But it's sort of like when I go up and do stand-up. Like, most of the time it goes very well, but it could go poorly any time. <laughs> right. There's no guarantees. And that's sort of a thrill. And if you can get over the hump of, like, worrying about what the, what the the what's going to happen, you might enjoy doing it, you know? True, and true. plus, you got to practice. Do you know Am I, I see- wrong? No, Kathy, Kathy, uh, no, certainly, yeah. No, not at all. I think, no, I think that's exactly correct. Yeah. The thing is, Kathy's perpetually horny, so Stop she it. was just saying, oh, yes, oh, yes, oh, that's awesome. That. She used to change her yeah. underpants like, what, Ew. seven times a day? <laughs> it was disgusting. You know what? When yeah. I was when I was 23, I didn't know this, and uh, you, maybe you can speak to somebody who is that age, but um, actually having some idea as to where you may, might want to take a career or have a job. Like, I was just bouncing around. I had no direction whatsoever, and I was really interested in this girl, and we liked each other. We had a really nice time together, but it turned her off and ultimately ended the relationship because I, I had no plan whatsoever when it came to having a job or a career path or anything like that. And she's the one who told me. And it was really, it was a nice mutual exchange. And, and we never hooked up again afterwards, but it was good advice to get as to 
come up with an idea. Come up with a plan. I think part of the reason is is that when someone doesn't have anything to do, you're their thing. They get the sense that they're your the thing that you're doing. Yeah. And they can't take that pressure. No one can take the pressure of you only wanting them. You know what I mean? Like, get a job, dude. Like, have something. Find something. Even if it's, I mean, even if it's not a job. Even if it's like, I, I, I like you, but I have to play softball. Weird. But whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's, you know what I mean? Like, just so that you have a place to go to, a place that has, you know, because people are interested in people who have other interests. That's right. what, that's why a, a relationship can be fun. Like, my wife had a job at a record company. Yeah. So she had zero time for me, which I found very hot. <laughs> like, just no time. Like, flying to Las Vegas yeah. to see Beck. And I was like, so no, I'm not going with, no, okay. <laughs> but I found that very exciting because yeah. she lived a life that was, you know, on fire. So, so she's your creative partner as well. You, you guys, yeah. you, you know, you, you you do a lot of stuff together. Is um, does that create issues when yeah, you're yeah. exposed totally. to each other that much? Yeah, yeah. How do you deal yeah. with that? Well, we, I've gotten on meds. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was joking. Um, yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. I'm very, you know, when you do stand up, you you like a reaction. So if I write something and then she just stares at it before she can even say she doesn't like it, I'm like whatever, and then, it's, <laughs> then, then the whole day's wrecked. And then you're gone. Yeah, because yeah, 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 my yeah. wife's a thinker. My wife's quiet. She's a thinker. She'll look at something for a really long time and then later on tell you she thinks it's funny, but she'll just stare at it for a long time. Do you know my wife gets all the time and it's the thing is she, oh, you, Steve's so funny. You must laugh and laugh and laugh and laugh. <laughs> and, and so I, I told her her response should be, yeah, until he starts hitting. And that's <laughs> My wife would say, if laughing is crying, yes, that, and that's what happens a lot. And I do it mostly alone in my car thinking of all the other choices I could have made. She could have married anyone in Sugar Ray. Yeah. Well, I'm psyched for the marriage book. When will that come out, do you think? That'll come out. It's supposed to come out the first part of it. So now they, now they do books where you can write like a short Super small book, so it's going to come out in five different installments. And is okay. the, e-book, the e-book thing is that is yeah. that, is that that's revolutionized the industry? Well, it's, I don't know if it's re- it's well, yeah. it's like it's like uh, it's wrecked the <laughs> it's, it's ruined the industry in a way. But on right. the other hand, you don't have to write um, five hundred thousand words. Like it, you can write mm-hmm. half as much, and people will will buy it. But then if you're gonna if you say to them, look, the first two chapters are this, or the first yeah. book is this, the second book is that, you know, it's sort of taken the concept what what iTunes did is with music. Right. Uh, you don't have to buy the whole album; you buy separate little things. But yeah. I mean, obviously, in this case, you can serialize yes a book, right? And also, people will pay two fifty for a smaller. Book, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Quite honestly, a lot of books should be smaller. Our <laughs> right. relationship books should never be more than 174 pages. Right. If so, we're just lying. Yeah, yeah. The last just 40 pages are just lies. <laughs> so the, the hidden secret of the, yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 the yeah. help books. Actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if uh, if you're just tuning in, we're getting a lot of people who are just tuning in wondering who we're talking to. It's uh, Greg Barrett. And then how about your band? What's going on? I mean, or the King Sweater? Is it uh... the King Sweater is going to start doing shows? And um, uh, it's a it's the thing I'm doing right now is I'm telling that story while playing music at the same time. So it's sort of like a punk rock cabaret thing. Yeah, yeah. And um, uh, I'm doing it as a one man show in Australia. I go to Australia every huh. year, so I'm going down there for nine weeks. Nice. Uh, in March, but I'll do it. And getting it go- there it is yeah this is rumble oh, by I the love way. It. in case you know the song yeah. that's link ray that's a great tune and actually it was when she comes back from the bathroom i think is the scene in the- yeah yes, and if you want to see something Jack amazing Rosalind's. you can youtube but it's from the movie uh it might get loud but uh um Jimmy oh yeah, Page oh, yeah, yeah listens yeah. to this and yeah. turns it up and air guitars to it and brings him so much joy yeah yeah, yeah. 
Awesome. Well, listen, go and see Greg. And I tell you what, we'll put a link to your Twitter page and, yeah. and anything, anything else you want. And your MySpace. My, my, my MySpace page, my LinkedIn stuff is up there. <laughs> What's your uh, AOL account? Yeah. yeah. Just to, actually, just put a link to my Uber account. I don't, I don't even know how that works. But I have a profile over there. <laughs> we'll put that on PrestonandSteve.com. And, uh, and Angela, thank you for coming in. Too. It's good me. to thank see you. Him. So much, Greg. Greg, enjoy your time in Philadelphia, Thanks, man. Guys. That was awesome. All right, Greg Baird, everybody, the King's Sweater. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Stay with us. The Preston and Steve Show Podcast. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Want to hear how I almost got off the naughty list this year? I helped Santa save gazillions by having him download Capital One Shopping to his computer. Capital One Shopping instantly searches for available coupon codes and automatically applies them at checkout. You can download it too and save a bundle. You don't even need a Capital One card and it's free. So why didn't I get off the naughty list? Turns out Santa's a stickler for naughty words. Capital One Shopping. It's kind of genius. What's in your wallet? Savings and available coupons vary.